Mr. Justin Payer. Mr. For... Oh my goodness. Oh yeah. Aging me, man. Come oh, on. Yeah. Now. We're, we're all, we, we start off proper okay. and then we just get sloppy at the end. That's I right. Like yeah. Like <laughs> so thank you very much for being here. Hey, thanks for reaching out. I think we got introduced by Andrew, your yeah. last guest or maybe last couple guests. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad to be on this and looking forward to the chat. Yeah. So, um, we discussed briefly some topics and, uh, we'll, we'll get into those and, uh, just to start off, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got here and yeah, well, the world that, that take is two hours, but just I'll keep it brief. Oh, take as long um, as you want. So, <laughs> as long as it's interesting. Yeah, well, I don't know. <laughs> maybe not to me, maybe to other people, right? But uh, yeah, so I'm Justin Payer. Uh, currently today, I'm a co-founder of a parental control app uh, called Boomerang. That's kind of my day-to-day keep me busy and, and keep the lights on during these crazy times. But how I got there uh, goes all the way back into, I guess, um, my early 20s, got into the software uh, technology game, being an account manager selling software to education. Uh, grew with that company and became a manager, then a VP of sales, and learned, of course, about you know business and how to build business and leading teams and all that stuff, like various levels. And then into my almost, I guess, mid-30s, uh, things changed and needed a change uh, of direction. So you know, I've been there for 13, 14 years at that time young family, I'd been traveling a lot. So I'm like, I need something that can stay home, a little closer to home, right? So, and my kids' activities were ramping up. My, my, my son plays hockey, my daughter was playing rugby, high school sports, all that. So I'm like, uh, well, you know, be nice to not miss as many as those, right? So um, I had a partner of mine in town that had also recently been, you know, we called ourselves free agents at that time, right? <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, connected, had a couple beers and said, why don't we just co-found a company? Right now, just as a placeholder, um, reconnect with some of our old connections we had at the old company we were at, and maybe resell their products. So like a reseller kind of uh, you know, company. So we called it National EdTech at that time, like a perfect name, right? But we do about eight months of this. And selling somebody else, a little bit of a side thing. When you sell somebody else's product, you never and will ever, never, never, never have the same passion as selling your own, <laughs> Yeah. right? Yeah, there's a lot to say when you have to eat your own dog food, right? I and mean, if it tastes good or tastes bad, whatever, there's a different passion for a project or anything you do in life if it's yours, you know, 100%. So we're eight, eight, nine months, kind of struggle, went through the, you know, the so-called, you know, routine of doing the calls, doing the emails, doing the marketing, but just, it was not a passion project, right? Uh, so yeah, so about eight, nine months into that, I found a guy in town that was looking for uh, investment into, um, his company or his technology, I guess, at that time. So my business partner was downtown for the meeting. I couldn't make it. Gets a full demo, calls me up. Dude, we got to do this. This is amazing. It's exactly what we need. We got the young kids. We got the families. He's got a parental control app. I'm like, what do you mean parental control app? He's like, well, he's got, you know, the time limits, app controls, location tracking. I'm like, what? He built all that? I'm thinking like, that's a pretty serious tech stack. Mm -hmm. So I was like, yeah, yeah, man, it looks awesome. I need some product management. I need some marketing and some go-to-market stuff. But, you know, the tech stack looks pretty good. I'm like, sweet. So best part, the guy was local, based in Langley. 
Like, are you kidding me? So I'm in Maple Ridge, he's in Langley, my bis other business partner's in uh, Vancouver. So got together, a couple beers, a couple coffees later, and we um, licensed the technology at first. So we actually branded it with our own, uh, and then got that off the ground. So we learned about you know, the app stores, the Google Play Store, mobile device management, all that fancy techie stuff, um, which I won't get too, too deep into today. Yeah, no worries. Um, and then... We ended up doing that for about, I think, five, six months. And then we're like, well, we're kind of competing with each other because he had his own product still active. And we were, you know, I was you know, knee deep into this, right? I jumped all in the deep end. I'm pretty tall, so knee deep is a deep yeah. end. <laughs> <laughs> it's relative, right? Right. And I'm like, why don't we just merge it? He's not doing anything on the product side in terms, except when we tell him to do it. So why don't we just get together? So we merged everything together in that summer, about, I'd say, eight months after we met. And then we've been pretty much a, you know, three dads partnered up ever since then. So that's kind of been my business uh, ever since then and going well, but there are some challenges and we can maybe get into that later based on other subjects, but that's roughly me, you know, dad of two kids, entrepreneur and uh, living the life of this craziness that we call COVID right now. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's funny because uh, even with Andrew, uh, when we were discussing it, the, the most I've talked about COVID was with Andrew and it was about four minutes five minutes and it's just one of those things you know it's so it's just so negative yeah. and there's really no there's nothing new now, i mean i guess now it's kind of we're, we're starting to to restart I mean, so a bit. They'd be getting more positive but mm -hmm. yeah overall it's uh it's, it's a big negative mm -hmm. for everything right a lot of things are affected negatively so it's yeah. not a fun subject to talk about no sure. <laughs> no and uh yeah it's just kind of funny because for the first time even on my phone i took the news off you know, like it's not you, a bad idea. Slow, I just took. Nah, it's like why? Yeah. You know, and then uh, and then even more recently, like I was saying to you, I, I uh, deleted my personal or I paused it or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Temporarily disabled the my Instagram account just because social media. I've always had a very contentious relationship <laughs> with social media. Yeah. I guess that's one way to put it. Yeah. I don't know what it is about it, but it very um, it has a very significant effect on me mm -hmm. and i don't really know what about it is so negative because even the stuff i follow it's pretty positive stuff and right. it's and it's not many it's mostly you know music sports and that's pretty much about it and accounts, that yeah, kind of stuff, yeah and and that's that's about it but the um just being tied to your phone mm -hmm. you know that that's something even for me i mean i didn't get a phone until i was 18 19 and late bloomer yeah, and they forced me to. <laughs> oh, you blame your parents now. Yeah, right? that's right. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they were the ones who were who like, no, like you need a phone now. Right. And uh, and it's just one of those things. It's it's when you think about the the technology in a smartphone, it's so new. Yeah. Uh, you know, ten years, fifteen years, well, I guess. The, the real, I think, kind of uh, catalyst was the iPhone. Yeah. Right. That made the phone one sexy. Let's yeah. be honest. Be, yeah. You know, BlackBerry was never a sexy device. No. I don't care what anybody says about that. Uh, when the iPhone came out, I mean, it looked like an iPod, yeah. which was pretty cool in itself. But when you like, right. oh, it's got a, what? It's got all that in there? All in one? So to me, that was, yeah, you're about 10, 11 years now. That changed the game. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we'll back up to the news things. I want to come back to that for yeah, a second. Absolutely. You mentioned a good point. It gives me a little bit of an idea to talk about that. But the game turned into when I think the second iPhone when the App Store came out. Okay. Right? The first iPhone did not have App Store. I don't Did remember. not even have copy and paste. Like it was really? a very, yeah, yeah. It was a oh, bunch wow. of like very basics. It was pretty much just, you know, uh, iOS right. um, you know, features on it. I don't even think it was called iOS back then. Who knows? Um, so when the App Store came out, 
this whole marketplace blew up, as we all know today, right? Bill mm. Billions and billions of dollars being spent on these platforms or marketplace. But the apps, as you know, you're struggling with, and you're not the only one that struggles with this negative side of technology, is mm -hmm. the apps have been and are and will probably continue to be designed to engage us. Yeah, of course. Right? To, to, to get that dopamine hit, mm -hmm. to, to make us fear of missing out, all those terminologies that are happening in market, that's that's how they're designed. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, fast forward to now versus five, six years ago, apps, you have to pay before. That's right. You have to pay 99 cents for an app, right? Remember those days? Feels like forever ago. Uh-huh. But it hasn't been. It's only five years maybe ago where there was a massive transition. So where are, at, are apps today? Well, there's ads in them. Mm -hmm. There's user data you're sharing with them, which is then being sold to third parties, right? The app analytics, you know, how you use the app, how much time you spend in it, where you spend time in it, yeah. what content you share in it. I mean, it, it's a big, big bucket of stuff. It's an onion, right? It's many, many layers. So all of this has changed. So now apps, the expectation is that you have to have a, a free app, unless you're kind of utility, maybe like my my own app where you're providing a real service. Right. But things like social media and all that, right? Like, why is it free? Well, it's not free. You're paying with your data. That's you're right. You're paying with engaging into it. That's why these apps are always trying to get your attention. That's where you get notification when somebody likes your post. That's why you get a notification when you haven't checked in into your account in a while. They want you to open that app again. That's the right? weirdest one to me is the, the actual, we haven't seen you in a while, so yes. here's a notification. Like that's, and even that, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong, but even that seems like a new-ish thing, like last maybe few a years. few years. Yeah, yeah, last few years. I mean, what has happened is it's not a project that we learned about with our own app is push notifications is a massive mm -hmm. piece of infrastructure. Like you think about, all the devices, the multi-millions, probably close to billions of devices on, on, in the world today, and there are servers and services that are pushing these little small pieces of information called push notifications. And push notifications are not always things that you see as a, a physical, you know, a visual notification on your phone. It can be background services checking in. Like, I'll give you an example, we have a location service to track kids' devices, the location of them. Well, when a parent requests a refresh on that location, there's no like pop up on the kid's screen that hey your mom's asked for your location, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you have to do that on some devices, but like Android is an example. We don't do that. Why? Because we have a background service, but that background service is still using a push notification to grab right. that information. So it's multi layered the way it does it. Some are visual, some are not, and some of them are used for good, mm -hmm. and some of them are used for engagement slash maybe it could be bad, mm -hmm. especially. And this goes back to kind of a mental health conversation, which, you know, is pretty deep. I'm not an expert in that, but I've seen ramifications of that fear of missing out. The so-called term people use addiction uh, with technology. To me, that's a strong term. Yeah. But it's definitely there's a, a dependence on technology that gets built, uh, especially, I mean, even adults are dependent on technology now in good and bad ways. But mm -hmm. I worry about the kids and that's why I started the company I have because I saw it with my own kids. Right, and like uh, they had my old hand-me-down iPhones or whatever, and like it's like attractive to them. Right? It's a shiny object, shiny black mirror. Hey, right? hey, YouTube or Netflix or whatever. Right, like it's instant. Mm -hmm. So and the apps engage you, as I said, so that you know, Netflix auto play the next episode. Yeah. Right. YouTube auto play the next episode. You just get stuck into this multi-nonstop playlist of content, and then content can get nasty as well, depending on your age. So yeah. So that's one thing around social media. That's just one area in apps, the engagement. Um, that's why it can be a negative thing for some people, right? Uh... Well, and it's like anything. I mean, <clears throat> I like how you said, uh, I, I was always uh, very against calling 
Um, I like the word dependency. Yeah. I don't like the word addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, when you look at actual addiction, drugs, alcohol, gambling, yeah. um, it looks very differently than the kid who can't put the video game controller down or the kid who can't put the iPhone down. I mean, there, there is a, there's a spectrum like anything, yeah. but yeah, going as far as addiction, I, I don't think is accurate with my psychology degree that uh, I don't you. have. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? No, man, no, that's, that's like I said, I'm not an expert about that term, but I do look at addiction as more of an extreme case, like mm-hmm. a physical addiction to that's something. Right. I mean, where you're, you're putting something into your body, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like drugs, alcohol. But I will say this, uh, kind of back to what we do is, one addiction that is out there is pornography, right? Yeah. Content. Mm-hmm. And why I bring this one up is because we actually have a safe browser that we've put out for the kids, thinking, hey, let's make sure we give them a browser that's filtered, Google safe searches on there, everything's good. If, you know, at least filters and nudity and some of the bad stuff, right? And even some of the social media platforms like Twitter, have yeah, nudity on it shows, so we don't want to see yeah. kids in there and the worst thing is kids are not you know young kids especially they're not proactively looking for this stuff because number one they don't even know the terms to start with right two it's typically what happens is they will um, you know by accident an accident tap is what i like to call it they will tap accidentally on a, a search a query that brings them to a bad website because mm-hmm. they have no idea just you know the, the headline may be positive or whatever we tap on that it opens up into a web page Boom, you're exposed to nasty stuff. Pornography to me was a, a, a exposed in a way where it was a surprise demographic that we ended up with with our business. Like I said, our browser was designed for kids. Right. With that in mind. But our downloads went from like, you know, 1,000 the first week to 50,000 the next month. And then we have almost a million downs of our browser today. And I'm going, well, why? Well, we figured this out early on. Our support people were getting emails from adults. Okay. At first, like, well, you're a parent of our parental control app? No, 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 I'm using this for me. I'm like, wow. wow. And then some of them are a little bit more upcoming or, or for, for, you know, uh, forward uh, about what, why they're using the app. They go, well, I have an addiction to pornography and your browser is the only one that blocks those sites that I've been going to. Wow. And they've tried other apps, right? Right. So I was like, wow, well, okay. One, this is not a passion of mine. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. I never signed up to do that. But I'm like, well, shit, I'm helping people. Mm-hmm. That's a positive. So... Iteration, iteration, iteration. So we created a separate app that just focuses on that bucket. Oh, wow. That helps, you know, there's app controls, but focus on the safe browsing angle. And that's been a thing that has blown my mind around. There is a tradition of pornography. And and especially when you think about kids being exposed to that content early. And a sexual education uh, expert I was chatting with, I guess, four or five months ago, shared this with me. She has seen elementary kids addicted to pornography already. Yeah, that blows my mind. And I was That's like, crazy. Are you kidding me? She goes, no. They're already having issues. And it all started with an innocent tap on some Google search or what have you. Mm-hmm. And usually the process works like this. They do the search for kitty cats, right? Pick a term. That's kind of like, you know, could be used in e- slang terms, Even right? that term, I'm like, oh, God, every fa- the, yeah, the top yeah. five results are going to be porn. Right? Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, um, so you go into that. You go do a, a Google image search, right? And now Google is actually smarter than it used to be. Their search is at least on a medium level. So it should okay. hide most of the, you know, over the line stuff. But there's still borderline stuff that kids probably shouldn't see at 10 or 9 or whatever. Yep. So the process typically would be they come across a bad thing. They're embarrassed. They close it and they, they, they put it away. They store it. They, like as if it never happened. Mm-hmm. But then, as you know, the mind is a curious thing. You know, curiosity killed the cat, right? Or whatever. Yep. Like, 
So maybe you get into that state of mind where you're by yourself again, no one's around. Let's see if that same, if I do the same search, if that same thing happens, right? Mm -hmm. Pretty typical human thing to yeah. do, right? At 10 or 11, whatever, I mean, you're growing, right? So you go and do that. Or maybe the, not the same image shows up, but maybe another image shows up. Maybe this time you click on the next image and you get down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And all of a sudden your brain's starting to think, well, that's kind of cool, right? I mean, naked bodies, naked bodies, right? Whatever. And nowadays, unfortunately, unlike the old days of the Playboy magazine, which was just a nice centerfold and mm -hmm. fairly natural, now it's an endless stream of imagination, right? Mm -hmm. Like what? And it's not real. I mean, a lot of it's done for entertainment. It's done for, you know, making money, right? Yep. It's an entertainment business. So I feel for the kids because a lot of parents are not aware of this stuff. Right. But that's, again, back to addiction. I think that one is one that a lot of people are not talking about. Uh, we probably need to talk to our kids earlier about pornography and nudity and sexual and all that stuff because they're going to see it on their phones. Mm -hmm. the, you know, the, for the parents that are listening, you just bought or gave your old $1,000 iPhone to your kids. That is a powerful computer, a mobile computer mm -hmm. that can be taken anywhere, right? Please filter them. Like put the training wheels on it at least, right? Like you don't give the bike to the kids for the first time without training wheels. Mm -hmm. So put the training wheels on the phone and educate yourself about some of these things that are built in. So that's my, my little rant about that one. Oh, no, that's great. Because, yeah, right. I mean, I'm very, um, I do a lot of research into porn itself and the effect that it has on relationships. Yeah. Every well, that's another, yeah, that's another level for later. Like yeah. I said, my, my demographic of adult users, that's where we've, you know, we've heard the stories, you know, divorces or spouses are the accountability partner for their uh, partner, right? Like, mm -hmm. like real... Like you're like, whoa, that actually does exist, right? Yeah. So having a sponsor where you have a, a you know, alcohol anonymous or whatever. Yeah. The same kind of idea. So mm -hmm. yeah, I've learned a lot in the last few years about that. Yeah. I had no idea that it existed. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, the thing about the, the porn, the fact that, well, the porn itself has changed very dramatically in a very short period of time. Just the style of content mm -hmm. is just very different. And kids are very young seeing that stuff yes. and that is not good <laughs> well the expectation is and you know and it won't get into the actual details what you can mm. see keep this pg as much as possible but yeah. there are just some you know some physical and violent kind of things that you will see that are sexual that oh, yeah. are not real in a real relationship no of course not. And unfortunately kids seeing that at a young age that becomes kind of their their education about yeah. sexual ed and that's the part that parents and i mean schools you can't just depend on schools for this stuff. I mean, absolutely not. Because schools, you may not agree with what they're, they're teaching sometimes, right? Every parent's different. Your parenting styles, your beliefs, whatever is, is going to be different from family to family. So make sure at least this one, your kids are aware of what's out there. You don't have to go into crazy details, but make it at least so that they're not lost when they see something. They know mm -hmm. what to do. At least they can come to you and say, hey, I saw something nasty on my phone. You know, can you check to make sure that I don't see that again? Like, that's the kind of conversation we should be having as families on that one, right? Mm -hmm. And as you get into adults, unfortunately, you're talking about a gap. Right, you know, their twenties and thirties. These people, you know, it was like the beginning of the internet. Um, I lived that, right? Uh, early days of news groups and news chats, like IRC, MIRC, and all that stuff. Internet relay chat. That's what. I, hey, the memory's still good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so that's what you, IRC was a massive. That was the social media before social media, mm -hmm. right? It was everything on there. You had pornography, uh, you know, uh, illegal downloads of music, uh, chats, uh, sexual stuff, whatever. Any group chats you can think of. That's how it all started, right? In terms of that kind of more social aspect. And a lot of the people that, you know, are where they are today, sadly came from that exposure to that, but with no real awareness about 
you know, their own parents were, you know, had no idea about technology. At least now the parents today have access to technology or are using technology. Right. So they're not totally blind to the potential, right? Mm -hmm. Kind of different, <laughs> different today. But like you said, uh, as parents, I am the first generation or we are the first generation as yeah. parents that are raising kids with ubiquitous access to technology. The, no, my parents did not have that. No, no. Right? No. I still had tapes, CDs, vinyl, right? <laughs> no MP3s. MP3s <laughs> came later. You know what I mean? Like, talk about the last 20 years. Like, a lot has changed very, very fast. And it hasn't stopped moving fast. No. So, what I hope is our kids, and I think they'll be fine. I think, I think the kids will be just fine. But I think they will want better for their kids, knowing what they went through. Because that's, I think, how we become as parents, is you want better than, or at least do what your parents did. But if you can improve things, that's what you aim for. That's mm -hmm. version two, version three, version four. Iteration, right? This, I'm going to ask you a very general question. So yeah. go, go where you, go where you <laughs> okay. want to go with it. Yeah. Um, but having a, a teenage daughter and son, the approach, because I got two other brothers. So okay. it's all, all yeah, crazy yeah. boys in the house, right? Oh, wow. So... Mommy's boys or dad's boys? I'm a daddy's boy. Oh, okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> the other two are mama, mommy's, mommy's boys. boys yeah. <laughs> Glad we cleared that up. That's right. Yeah. Gotta, gotta be clear. <laughs> but as a parent, um, what challenges or, or maybe what did you notice with your kids, the way that they interacted with just their phone in general, mm -hmm. where you thought, mm, okay, I think we kind of have to look into that? Great question. And one I think a lot of people um, need to, to be aware of. Mm -hmm. uh, for us, it was, I think, more the, the mood swings. Uh -huh. Right? Yep. You know what I mean? Like when you get, when you're asking your child to, okay, put it down and they're not putting it down, you have to remind them four or five times and they get mad and we take it away. That was a triggering a trigger for me. It's like, well, hold on a second. This is not what this is about. Right. That's step one. Um, and then, all depending on your relationship with your kid, you got to get into like, why is this so hard to put it down? Like, what's so cool about, like, turn it into a positive, actually. Right. Right. A lot of assumption as a parent is to take this as a negative, right? It's like, oh, I give this phone, it's my phone, I pay for it, I'll take it away whenever I want. But forget that they think it's their phone. Yeah. Right. And whatever they do on is their stuff. So you have to have that open conversation about that. But for me, it was definitely the mood. Um, realizing that, you know, things like chores weren't being done when you asked them, those little small things. But keep in mind, this five, I mean, this is my daughter, I think, had her phone at like 10 and a half, 11. Okay. Right? And that was because she was going to, it was grade seven, grade eight, whatever that is. So that's like five, six, yeah. I'm trying to do the math real quick, but you know, well, around that's, that a, age. that's about right. But yeah. the average age now, I mean, still is North America. If you ta look into the uh, pediatrics uh, doc uh, websites on Canada, US, it's about 10 years of age is the average age for uh, parents giving a, f a smartphone to their kids. Mm -hmm. That's pretty young. Oh, yeah. Right? Uh, and some are even younger. Mm -hmm. A lot of it, and the funny part, is for safety. Right. That was not the reason why I was giving a phone to my daughter at 10 okay. or 11. My wife, it was. For me, I was like, well, communication. Right. Right? She had, um, at that time, she was uh, dancing at a, at a local uh, dance classes and all that that were... Fairly high level, so it was like late nights and all that. So even at 10, 11, they're pretty crazy dance moms. You know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so there was an element of being able to call her anytime, not having to call the, the front desk. Technology enables us to have that access. That wasn't, so that's part of why we did it. With my son, I think we held him off an extra year. Okay. So I think he was like 11 or 12 when we got his first phone, but he already had like the iPad and that kind of stuff at that time. Okay, right. So the behavior, uh, to answer your general uh, initial part, was you know, the mood and, and just behavior around. Well, you used to do that. Now you don't. You're in your room. That's the kind of stuff you have to pull back right away. Because if you don't, 
it becomes very difficult to pull that back, right? And you get into a real argument, you have to rebuild the behavior. But I do believe you can rebuild behaviors. Oh, for sure. Right? I mean, which is a good thing. We're doing mm -hmm. that right now with COVID, right? Yeah. Eating as a family again, all that, but um, which we weren't before. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. so definitely the, um, you know, the, the, the mood swings or the change in mood is a big one. And with your kids, was it, um, was social media big for them or was it more communicating with friends, gaming, everything? Um, well, when it started, that's a great question because I actually have a very personal story on that one, um, how it all started and how it got me kind of interested into this game. So first of all, when the kids got their first phones, it was mostly little games, right? Like Angry okay. Birds, I think was a big thing back oh, then. Oh, I still play right? Angry Birds. <laughs> Angry Bird OG over here. Um, so that was, I think a lot of times, but these again were hand-me-down phones. They weren't super fast. So the game sometimes would stutter. Yeah, so yeah. the kids would get, eh, whatever, play back on the Nintendo or something, yeah. right? So definitely games, a little bit of texting, uh, maybe occasional calls, but nothing too heavy social media okay. at that time. It was about probably six months after my daughter got her phone that there was an event where my wife got involved, the school got involved. I'm like, what's going on? The police got involved. Well... It was an app that's actually no longer, I think, available today. If I correct me if I'm wrong, but we can do a research after. But it's called or what's called Kick K I K, a Canadian uh, app that was built by ex BlackBerry people. Okay. It was pretty much a chatting app, right? But you you could use a username that could be anything, nicknames. So it was, it was not your real name. Could be you could be anybody. There was no age gating. There was no like verification or anything. So anybody could be on there. So as you know, it was full of creepers, right? So I've never heard of that app. So is that Kick. kind of like, is it sort of the same idea as WhatsApp, but a communal aspect kind to it? Kind of, and it evolved to a lot more than that with like apps within it, like a browser within it, games oh. within it. Yeah, like it oh, became wow. like a platform. As far as I'm aware, I don't know if it's still uh, available today. Okay. But that's what really got me like going, whoa, like, hold on a second. Right. So this uh, story, long story, but short story of that was my daughter, my daughter thought she was chatting with somebody she knew. Uh, okay. Mm -hmm. Because usernames are all anonymous. Yep. Pretty much. Right. Um, start going, hey, hey, how's it going? Hey, what's new? What were you up to today? That typical, like, you know, introductory stuff. Mm -hmm. Hey, you want to send me a picture of you? Oh, sure, yeah. Quick selfie. But just a face. Mm -hmm. But then the reply was a selfie of privates. Just like that? Just like that. Holy right? shit. So that's when, like, the shit hit the fan. Uh -huh. right? It's like, whoa, we're pulling that back. That's not cool. So to me, Kick, from the get-go, was an enemy app for me when I built my <laughs> yeah. business. Like, yeah. bad, bad, bad. Parents, you see this app? Delete it. It's bad news. Why? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, it allowed for anonymous usernames. You did not know who's who. Anybody could text you. There was no like uh, uh, privacy settings where you could say, I have to approve wow. people that can text me. I think they might have improved that later down the line, but this we're talking like my initial right. kind of experience with that. So that was a big negative for me where I'm like, okay, this social media stuff, and it wasn't even called really social media at that time. Mm -hmm. It was just a chatting app really, right? That was a pretty alarming thing. That was like, that opened up another can of worms that you know I wasn't prepared for. And I, you know, I consider myself a pretty techie guy. I should be on top of this stuff and... No, man, it happens to everybody. So. Well, and, and that's the interesting thing. So, because you're a tech guy, tech techie, techie guy, techie right? Something, yeah. And even for you saying that, because that's a thing that I find is very interesting. What sounds appealing to me as a 23-year-old is very different than what's appealing to a 16-year-old or a 13-year-old. For sure. So when you're looking at it through the lens of, as a parent, as an adult, mm -hmm. which is 
what we all do. We all look at things through our lens, through our yeah. biases. Of course. It's interesting because you're going to miss what your kids are looking at because they're coming at it from their perspective, which is very different and what For you sure. might not find appealing or what you might not even think of. Yeah. That might be the, I like that kick thing. I, I actually, until you brought it up, I've never even heard of it. So well, it just goes to show, it's right? Not, I, don't, I think for your generation, it skipped you, right? right. It was definitely, uh, and kid, kids, young kids with smartphones, they, they jump around like what's trending today doesn't mean it will be trending tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So, you know, my tip for parents, from my learnings from that is don't get too high up or, or down on that next app. Apply the same kind of, you know, basic common knowledge, common sense things. First thing is, make sure you, you chat about what apps your kids are using, communicating with, right? And number one, um, have those conversations around what are your friends chatting on, right? What kind of stuff? Are you seeing some nasty stuff sometimes? And language, or it could be images, whatever. Be open about it because mm -hmm. who's best, or at least from a parent standpoint, you would rather have that conversation with your kid than somebody else. Right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. That was my number one learning from that one. Hold on a second. <laughs> I don't want no weirdo stranger talking to my kid and mm -hmm. sharing stuff that I should be talking about first, right? So that's one. The other thing too is every single app now typically will have some kind of a privacy setting. Yeah. So if you do find that your child's using a, um, you know, uh, a chatting app that you're not aware of or whatever, first things first, say, sit down with your child, say, hey, show me how you use it. Nothing wrong with that. If you don't have that relationship with your child yet, work on it but you should be able to sit down with them and say hey show me how you use this app it's kind of cool and then go through the settings there should be some privacy settings you can enable things like you know friend requests have to be approved yeah. or only your friends can see your profile whatever like those kinds of common sense things and then have a chat with your child once in a while about what's trending uh, like i mentioned earlier about the mood swings right like mm -hmm. if you start seeing that your child is uh, maybe not on their phone as much all of a sudden could be a good thing, yeah. But maybe but something happened. Mm -hmm. Maybe something nasty was shared. I've seen that. I mean, I, I've lived through that a few times. You can tell, like you know, my son or my daughter. Well, you know, on your phone, you look off. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, there's a trigger. <laughs> yeah, there's something there. Well, yeah. We're sitting down, son. <laughs> yeah, Dad's grabbing a beer. We're gonna go have a chat, right? Like, so those things again, being aware about that um, is very important. Yeah, it's uh, definitely interesting times for that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I I know like even for me just the the influence that it has on just the, so my friends are mostly university aged at this point yeah. um but even it, it's really funny just to hear uh i'm always like the dating advice guy um so i don't the girls love you yeah exactly i mean i don't, I don't know why i mean I, I i've messed up many relationships so it's like i don't know if i'm the best guy for this but it was the experience right yeah, yeah. but I, I guess i'm at least the the most open and i'm very open about from a guy's perspective like my favorite thing is telling friends of mine who are girls hey like keep an eye out for this because this oh, guy okay. is trying to pull some shit on you right? all right because right. the nuances of oh, things yeah, right we're, yeah. we're greaseballs right men are greaseballs so <laughs> you got to inform them yeah and it's just funny the the different approach like like sending dick pics pardon my french yeah. um hey. that's that's like uh that's like a thing that's like a common thing to do or or even worse i i think is pressuring the, your counterpart to it's send you, you know, whether it's, uh, you know, if it's a girl or, or, or a guy, yeah, yeah. you know, t to send pictures like that. And, you know, the funny thing that, which was a real hot topic, hmm, probably about five, seven years ago, 
was the sexting as child porn. Hot topic, but you know, just because it's not being talked about in the media, it's mm -hmm. still happening today. Yeah. That's, and, yeah. And people forget that, that yeah. if, so if I'm a, a 13 year old mm -hmm. and I take a picture of myself consensually, yes. I take it myself and I send it. Yeah. I'm respo I, I literally have just trafficked child pornography, yes. which is a federal offense and you can, and they have prosecuted on that. Correct. It is tough. Cause I it's have talked tough, to a yeah. few youth liaisons that have handled that locally mm -hmm. here. And because again, we go back to consent, right? We talked yeah. about consent before we started. You have this consent thing. Well, I consent to send you that and mm -hmm. I consent to send you something back. And if you're in a relationship over that person, and even if you're 15, 16, it's tough to go down that line. But if it's yeah. a one way street, if it wasn't welcome or you see there was pressure to get to that outcome, I think that's where those cases do become, you know, something that's negative, right? Mm -hmm. But I remember the days, man, you know, we'd be in the park with the girl, hey, I'll show you mine if you show me yours, right? <laughs> right? I'm not saying I did that, but yeah. that, well, too late now, right? Yeah. Yeah. Why would I bring that up? Well, boys, you know, men are disgusting, right? Boys yep. are disgusting too. I agree. <laughs> but the difference is there was no camera there. That's right. Right? There's nobody else there. Mm -hmm. It wasn't shared in a group message. No. It wasn't screenshotted to potentially share with somebody else. Hey, look, it's so small. Or, hey, look at that. Right? Whatever, right? <laughs> like, it's a totally different game. I'm so mm -hmm. happy I didn't have that back in the day. Imagine the stuff I could have gone into. Oh, Stupid but, stuff I did over the years that good thing I didn't have a cell phone tracking me, right? And, and that's just the thing, that the stupid mistakes that you make or the stupid things that you say in a chat, yeah. not so private no more. 100%. And, and that carries with it serious implications. I mean, you know, it, you don't have to think very long to come up with an example of someone who's lost their job or their reputation's permanently damaged yeah. because something that was said or this is something that was texted or something that was filmed without them knowing mm -hmm. was shared and made public knowledge for sure well that's that's such a new in all of human history this is literally 10 years maybe 15 i guess that's it yeah, where, where so that's definitely been accelerated a, in the last five to seven absolutely because of the access to you know high quality cameras on phones mm -hmm. the, the platforms that we use to message each other um and just awareness that, hey, that that's what we can do now, right? And how we communicate is quite different. I mean, there's some big benefits, you know, being able to do video chats right now and at least still have a visual connection to somebody since mm -hmm. you're stuck at home for the last two plus months. Kind of nice. Yeah. But when you're sharing that kind of content, um, as an adult, it's one thing. And we, talk, we talked about this as well before, but as an adult, there could be ramifications professionally. Yeah. As a child, it could be ramifications professionally as well, but maybe more mental. Yeah. Maybe more physical, maybe more uh, self, uh, you know, harm or whatever you want to call it. I mean, there are examples where kids at a young age in their mid-teens um, shared a picture with the boyfriend or the girlfriend. And then that turns around, the relationship's over. And it turns into a nasty thing because that picture that was supposedly private mm -hmm. is now in public. Yeah. On a Facebook post or on a Twitter feed or on an Instagram private chat. And everybody takes a screenshot and everybody's got it. That didn't happen back in my day, right? Not even that long ago. So the problem with that is some kids have a hard time with that. Some take it to the extremes where they even take their life out of it, right? Like the Amanda Todd's of the world, which yeah. is kind of sad, right? You have that kind of sharing stuff online and the outcome is not very good. Um, and then you have the adult side, which is you could lose your job. You got, you know, NHL player, Brandon Lipsick, whatever, Lipsick. Um, so-called group chat that was private with a bunch of buddies, his brothers and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. 
and then someone screenshots it or gets access to his phone. You know, I don't believe oh, my phone was hacked. It's bullshit. I'm sorry. But that turns out that you lose your contract mm-hmm. and a professional job. Yeah. And that could happen not in sports, but anything. But people of influence have to be careful. How many times have you heard of these iCloud uh, hacks where people are getting access to people's photos? And we're talking well, about that like was actors, like, actresses, yeah. all that. You know, the, you know, the sex tapes and this and that coming yeah. out, pictures. I'm like, everybody's been doing this. As long as you don't get caught, it's all good. Yep. Right? It's the risk you take. That, that willful ignorance, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, and I just talked about this recently on my own podcast is, you know, our day-to-day privacy, is it really private? When you're sharing stuff on, on, a, on a private chat and even an example, if I text you one-to-one, I send you a picture. It doesn't have to be a selfie. Like, it's nasty. Just a picture of maybe it's a, an upcoming thing that's not released yet or whatever. Well, on one-to-one, I trust that you're not going to put that anywhere else. You may mention it to your buddies or your dad or your brothers. Hey, I checked this out. It's on my phone. Check this out, this picture I have here. But you're not going to go, hey, I'm going to put this on my social. Mm-hmm. Right? One, I never gave you consent to that. I'm just sharing that with you, trusting that is you and I a conversation. Yeah. And that's the challenge we have today with communication on, on these devices is I get pissed off at you. And I'm like, screw him. I'm going to send that picture now. Make you look bad. Mm-hmm. That's the difference. Keyboard cowboy, right? Yeah. You, you, ramifications are quite different now. Um, or I'll, I'll flip it to something recently that happened to me where, not me personally, but I'm aware of, kids are struggling right now, especially the kids that are graduating, right? Me, me included. This, right? I'm graduating. You're as well this year? Okay. Yeah. That sucks, right? So there's no like, uh, you know, for grade 12 in this case is my experience. Mm-hmm. I'm living that with my daughter. There's no like conclusion. There's no, no. party. There's no celebration. Hanging out with your buddies one last time before everybody goes and starts their life, either post-secondary or what have you. That sucks. Mm-hmm. So these kids are bottled up right now, right? Ready, ready to explode, right? They're be at home or just maybe still working, doing some online classes to finish up the year. But they're bottled up and they're going to blow. And example is some kids, to make themselves feel better, they got dressed up not that long ago. Took pictures of grad as if they were at grad in front of their homes or whatever. Just to, hey, let's dress up just for fun because so we're not going to have it. Right? Oh, that makes me so sad. Right? It is sad, man. Yeah. It makes me sad. I'm a dad of a daughter who's graduating. Right? Yeah. Now, some of them were not posting this on social media. Mm. But again, that the, the fizzy bottle blew up. So some like, screw it. I'm, we're not going to have it now. It's pretty much guaranteed it's not going to happen. Yeah. It's going to be maybe a Zoom meeting graduation. Come oh, on, man. God. Give me a yeah, break, I know, right? right? Like, yeah. <laughs> that was my response. I mean, we're going to start drinking over my webcam? Yeah. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Not the same. So much for a dry grad, right? But no. So so you have a couple of buddies that um, share their pictures like that. And you're sitting there by yourself. I don't know. Screw it. I'm sharing mine too. But then you get this cascading effect, you know, that it'd be family or friends going, well, I thought we were supposed to do something and da da You know, that part to me rubs me off the wrong way because... People assume when you post something of that post, they don't know how you got there, what state of mind you were, or what you were thinking, why you put that post out. Mm-hmm. And in this case of, uh, you know, the, the grade twelve that are maybe going to start posting that because we're within that thirty days of, of graduating. Yeah. Right. Um, I expect there'll be maybe some trending topics around that coming up where graduation hashtag right like yeah hashtag at home or graduation at home or whatever and that's why i told my daughter if you want up to you because i know it sucks but it's not going to replace anything our backyards your backyard you gonna bring a few of your buddies put up some tents party it up man like the neighbors are invited that we can be as loud as we want mm-hmm. so whatever spend the whole weekend at our house no problems right basement's yours i want to try to make it somewhat of an event i know it will never replace the real graduation 
and but that's the part that sucks but at least it's something mm -hmm. but kids don't think that way right now because they're still in that that state of you know processing the whole thing but yeah to me it's social media in that case becomes a good thing because it could yeah. be a release hey we're all going through this together everybody's hey checking out my pictures whatever but it also be a negative well why are you posting that you're not graduating or whatever it just takes one person oh, to yeah. put some kind of nasty what, one comment troll like that. one out. troll exactly yeah. right Right, just sitting there like just a hater, right? Yeah, and that's just how they are in life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if something's super bright, amazing. Uh, they always find a negative side of things. Glass half empty kind of mentality. Oh yeah, I'm a yeah. glass half full kind of guy. So mm -hmm. like really, so so that one's a tough one. Yeah, yeah. I, I know even for me. So we we kind of found out. Well, I I, I came back from the UK uh, end of March, and uh, we hadn't. I think classes were canceled to, or, or not canceled, but you weren't allowed to go in for the week before. But right at the start of March, we kind of knew like, okay, this is happening. Yeah. And uh, I literally didn't pick up a book, like a, a law book for mm -hmm. six weeks. Because every time I went to, uh, you know, study or do something, yeah. it was just a reminder of like, all this bad shit, you know, you're not yeah. going to see your friends, you're at home alone, you know, and, and for, you know, at university, it's a little bit different because I'm not going to really see anybody after I graduate. Right. I'm the only one from Vancouver. Okay. I have a couple buddies who live in Toronto, um, but the rest of them are, are Brits or Nobody they're, local. they're yeah. elsewhere in Europe. And it's just, you, you, you look at that stuff and it's like, man, like what a bummer. And rather than, you know, going through it, you just kind of put it away and, and try to put it out of your head, you know? Yeah. So it's a tough situation for, for graduating and high school as well, yeah. you know, that you're, you're entering the next stage of your life, yep. which is somewhat uncertain. I mean, even for me, I know what I'm going to do, but you until you get started, right? that's yeah. just it. There is still that uncertainty and, and that anxiety. And yeah. then you throw in the, the situation now and it's like, shit, you know, it's such a bummer. Yeah, I mean, it's it sucks for many. I mean, never mind the graduation and all that, the economy, the people yeah. in their job. I mean, luckily for me, knock on wood, uh, you know, fairly not impacted from a you know a job wise, career wise, and that's the risk of you took being an entrepreneur five six years ago, right? Mm -hmm. um, but that's been good. But yeah, I feel. I mean, it's because I'm living it with my daughter. It's a, it's a tough time right now, mm -hmm. no doubt about it. That you know, that's a pretty big moment that even us, we my wife and I won't be able to sit and watch it go across the stage and. Well, and, and as a that parent, stuff, that's right? a big deal. Like, oh, yeah, the, you, I, you, I'm sure you guys, well, you don't want to see everyone else's kid, right? No, I just want the five yeah, seconds of my daughter right. going across the stage. Yeah, I'm right. out of there, right? I mean, let's go drink, right? Or whatever, right? <laughs> exactly. Let's party. But it's just, you think of that, that's a, you know, eight, 12 years, 18 years of raising someone. That's a, the next thing. She's already accepted to go to UVic. There you go. University of Victoria, nursing program. So she's gone next year anyway. Mm -hmm. So this was that last kind of big hurrah. So something for me, selfishly, yeah, I'll put a party on so I could party one last time we'll party in the summer but it's just one of those things right mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a tough one yeah tough one for the kids tough one for the parents for the grandparents the aunts and uncles the kids mm -hmm. the schools the teachers i mean everybody right i mean teachers too you can't forget they've seen these kids grow up in some yeah. cases for multiple years relationships there mm -hmm. it's gonna be tough for them as well right so yeah yeah crazy time it is what it is right <laughs> it, well uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean hopefully well and, and then that's why when you look at I mean, social media is a tool. Just like, you know, I kind of attribute it to guns. You can use guns for good and you can use guns for bad. Yeah. It's a tool, yeah. right? We impose our will on that tool. Guns are not bad. Guns are neutral. Yeah. It's what 
the intent behind it is what makes it good or bad. And you can kind of think of it, at least I think of it the same way with social media. Mm-hmm. Like you were mentioning now, if it wasn't for technology, the all, well, I guess there's some problem with Zoom, but for the most part, yeah. Zoom is at least you can stay connected, you can work, you can have meetings or whatever. Yeah. So it allows you that privilege of, okay, the world has kind of stopped right now. But in a way, it hasn't because we still have the availability to communicate with each other. Well, imagine if this happened 15 years ago. That's exactly it. You wouldn't have FaceTime, group FaceTime, uh, Zoom, Skype, um, Google Meet. Well, I mean, there's so many of them, right? Mm-hmm. The, number two, the bandwidth wasn't even there in the first place. Right? <laughs> yeah. You have uh, you know, the, the fiber optic cables going to your house and all yeah. that stuff for your, your bandwidth. So in a way, like a better term, it's a blessing it's, it's happened this year in 2020 as much as it sucks. Because, like you said, there's a many, many things that are still happening at home and in an environment where you can still work. A lot of companies have adapted to their workforces to work from home. And I think coming out of this, we're going to be probably better. Oh, yeah. Why? Because now companies are going to trust their employees to work from home. Employees are going to be more productive. Why? Well, I went through it. You can work four hours in the morning pretty much do the same as you do an eight hour in an office. Why? Because there's no distractions, right? I wake up at 6, 6.30, make the pot of coffee, and do my emails. And I come out at 12, four or five hour shift already. Well, depending on when I wake up, afternoon's open. Yeah. Like everything's done because I didn't have the water cooler chats. I didn't yeah. go walk around the block, <laughs> have a coffee at 10 o'clock and take 45 minutes out of my day just to bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm at home. I go downstairs, takes me 30 seconds to go to my office, right? My commute's very tough, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> I walk back upstairs, 30 seconds, grab another pot of, uh, a cup of coffee, go back down. I wasted two minutes. They would have pee break in there, right? Mm-hmm. So that productivity is something I think some employers are going to find out, hey, maybe this wasn't as bad, especially as we come back and some kind of normalcy, right? Which we don't know what that's going to look like. Uh, but to me, that's, you know, speaking as, a, as someone who's living that part, still working uh, from home. And I've already been kind of adapted to working from home anyway, previously with, uh, before this, I should say. But now it's like you really appreciate it, right? It took well, me a couple of years to get used to working from home because when you're used to working in an office, that schedule, the train, the commute, all that, mm-hmm. the people. I do miss the commu- you know the the social angle of uh, being in an office, leading a team for sure. I miss that part. But luckily, I built other networks around me that kind of filled that gap. Not the same, but similar. So that's probably the biggest change, right? Is you know the social aspect now we can't really do much. Still, mm-hmm. right now we're still fairly distantly yeah. distancing, so we're good. <laughs> well, and and the thing with that is you didn't have to self-discipline, right? No. Yeah. You just you knew okay, I gotta go to work. I gotta get up at X time. Yeah. I gotta drive. I gotta show up. I gotta do my job. I gotta yeah. come home. For there sure. was no need for that self-discipline because no. you're gonna get fired if you don't, you know, show up. You keep showing up late, or you're missing. You're yeah, going to lose your job. For sure. But at least, I mean, which is a good and bad thing, because if you don't self-discipline now, you're going to be in a bit of a tough situation. Yeah, you'll come out in a, probably in a bad way. I mean, mm-hmm. this is an opportunity. If there is a, a tip for anybody who's going through this right now is, you know, s- build a routine yeah. right now, right? Um, you know, don't start getting, don't watch Netflix until 12 or 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Prepare every day like you're still working, normal. Uh, you know, if you're, let's give you an example. So you, let's say you, you used to wake up at 6 a.m. Yeah. And say by 6.45, you're out the door, an hour to commute, so you're at the office by 8, right? Let's just, you know, easy numbers. Well, still get up at the same time. Yeah. The difference now is you're going downstairs in your, you know, PJs or shorts and T-shirt, whatever. You don't have to get dressed. You don't have to take a shower. Make the pot of coffee. 
go down and start working, right? With your pot of coffee. That's my typical thing I've done for a few years now. And you work till like maybe nine. You already got two, 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 two and a half hours done. Go have some breakfast and then go back down mm-hmm. for a couple more hours. And I bet you for majority of people that before lunchtime, if they keep to that routine, they're probably more productive. Yeah. And then that's the part to me is if the numbers, if you're in a sales gig, if you're, uh, you know, in operations, whatever, if stuff gets done, the bosses don't care how many hours you're putting in. This thing to me back in the day, oh, it's time spending the hours, the meetings after the meetings and all that kind of crap, right? <laughs> yeah. I've lived through that. Yeah, the and, meetings you know, after startups, the meetings, you know, yeah, like, that's a good one. It's all good, but when you have a young family, mm-hmm. let me tell you, that puts a lot of weight on your, on your partner at home. Uh, you're missing those little moments with the kids. For what? I mean, those meetings after meetings, yeah, sometimes good ideas come out of that, but usually, no. Yeah. And nothing that you can't do today now, when you think about reinventing yourself, as you mentioned, uh, you know, video chats and texting and messaging and all that stuff. Like, one thing I've been doing lately is just randomly video chatting with people. Like yeah. I put people on my WhatsApp, you're online. Hey, how's it going? Right? Hey, boom. I wasn't expecting that. I go, why not? Right? Got That's the, the difference. Right? <laughs> well, I got time, yeah. but at the same time, it's, why not? Mm-hmm. Right? We're sitting here at home. Let's chat about, you know, I got buddies that are in Spain, Italy, everywhere, right? Through my old network. So reconnect with people like that is pretty neat. Mm-hmm. I've been trying to do that because I'm, uh, I'm like a cat. I like to hide. <laughs> I like to hide from people. When you come out at night? Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. much, actually. You sleep all day? Yeah, you know. I, 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 this is early for you then. Oh, it is, yeah. Yeah, but it, it's, um, it's funny because the thing that I've been very focused on is don't fall into the trap of being comfortable being away from people because mm-hmm. the problem and this is just personal to me with my yeah. personality and flaws <laughs> well, is that if i retreat i'm gonna really retreat yeah, i'm there. not coming back okay and so i'm really trying to make the effort <laughs> by deleting my Instagram, uh-huh. <laughs> you know, of... Well, that's one thing of, you know, to pause it on that one, yeah. the endless scroll. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I would check my... The reason I deleted it, one of the main reasons, I would pick up the phone. So I put a 15-minute limit okay. on Instagram yeah, yeah. Uh, for the day. Yeah, but you can still easily bypass that, right? Well, and, and yes, for the most part, I would try to stick to it. Yeah. But the worst part would be I'll pick up my phone 15 times. Mm-hmm. Cause just to check for the sake of checking, there's yeah. nothing there, no. but you just no. do it for the sake of checking. That's the habit forming part of the engagement yep. forming part, right? Uh, yep. Of the apps that we talked about earlier is it builds a behavior mm-hmm. and to break it. It's like anything, you know, like a better term, like addiction. Right? You got to break that, that behavior and more of a behavior issue, right? Um, you probably feel better. How long ago did you do that? Uh, ooh, fresh four or five days ago. Oh, it's so very fresh. I feel much better. Yeah. Much better. I haven't checked. Well, even today, my hairdresser, which is bad because I should have got that call because my hair's ugly. So I got to well, I got to so be on it. Yeah. <laughs> but my, my hairdresser called me. I didn't even notice. And it was 1030. Yeah. I hadn't picked up my phone yet. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, so it's a bit it's a bit better in that sense. But um, the uh, the dependence on the phone, just having it. And that's the other weird thing that I noticed is just it's always near you. Like you go, yeah, you, might as well beside me for notes. And yeah, well, at least you got a good reason looking for at that. My notes, right? Yeah, 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 but, yeah exactly. But it's like there. <laughs> everywhere you go, and I started to become very aware of that. I'm like, yeah. like, why? Well, it's an extension of us now. Yeah. is how we treat it for sure. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I feel naked when I don't have my phone with me, 
but you know there's a few times I forgot it, forgot it at home but the funny thing is like my texts and uh, most messages I can access them from my laptop anyway right so, yeah except for the phone call yeah because I'm not on an iPhone with a fancy connection to your MacBook and all that right. fancy stuff right which is a very cool feature but it just again it's more lock in right <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. but I can survive a day without it but for me my, my so- social media story is similar to yours but mine I've been out off it a lot longer I mean, for, for me it was Facebook Okay. So it wasn't because um, I was spending too much time on Facebook. It was more about the content that everybody was sharing on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then as, as I got deeper into the user privacy conversation with my own business, started reading about the Facebook stuff that was happening, user data being sold to third parties. They're acting like they didn't know, but give me a break. <laughs> yeah, you, of course. I mean, right? So yeah. when I started seeing them, I'm like, well, you're a shady company. I don't trust you. I don't want you having access to my stuff. So first thing I did is I deleted the app from my phone. I'm going on probably 20 months now. Oh, wow. Okay. Had, I have not had a Facebook app on my phone. The only one I keep is the Pages app because I still run my business okay. uh, social media, right? Uh, that one, I check it once in a while, but I'm not, there's no like, nobody I follow on there. It's a totally different filter on mm-hmm. the, the Facebook uh, you know, platform. Similar to you, I don't miss anything. No. And here's the best part. And this is, this, it did not blow my mind. It blew my mind actually last summer when it was like about a year or whatever I was off it. And I still see my wife on it. And I would still check the website because the website is how I do all of my uh, scheduling and all that for the, right. the page stuff. So occasionally you see it. Oh, you have 25 new friend requests. <laughs> yeah. No, right? And then yeah. I got notified. Don't care. Move on. But the thing was, I forget what I was going to say, is um, the time spent was not, like I said, the issue for me was the content. Right. Um, but the key part, which again, it was last summer. I'm sitting there. I think was, we're camping or something. Me and my wife had a couple beers and just having a good old time. And I'm like... You're still on Facebook. You know what's funny? No one noticed that I stopped posting. Yeah, I'm glad you said that. Right? Which just, one, it made me see the value of my so-called friendship on Facebook. Mm -hmm. Two, the people that I actually am friends with, we text or call. That's exactly it. I don't need Facebook for that. Mm -hmm. And I need to send a picture about a cool event. I texted to them. I don't need 300 plus, 500 plus people seeing that and none of them like it anyway. So I don't care, right? Unfortunately, when you're younger, kids especially, they measure that popularity-based number of likes. I never measured it that way myself. What I measured it with is when you got the 2016 uh, election in the US and you got some buddies that you're good buddies with, but then they have their opinions about certain things. You're like, I don't need to endlessly scroll through that crap. And Facebook just became to me like what it's called, a news feed. Yeah. Right? It news. curated. Yeah, we news use feed. that term loosely. Right? Yeah. Exactly. So I'm like, I don't need this in my life. It's all negative. So what do I do? I use Instagram, but only for one of my hobbies, cycling. I only follow cycling related stuff. I don't follow friends on there. I don't care if they follow me, but I don't follow them. And a few of them say, why don't you follow me? Because I don't care about you. You're not a cyclist. Yeah. Because fuck off. That. That's yeah, why. Well, pretty much. Right? <laughs> like cycling to me is what I do on Instagram. It's visual. You got, you know, beautiful mountains, paths, whatever. That's a different thing. And I use Twitter for my business because mm-hmm. I find a conversational part of it cool. But the difference with Twitter is you decide who you follow. That's right. And you don't instantly follow each other when you like somebody. Mm-hmm. So that's the part I like. So to me, Facebook, um, have not missed it. Um, hasn't really changed me. And, and I think it has allowed me to stop looking at it. But as we mentioned, you mentioned this right at the beginning, you talk about news, you know, delete your news app on your phone. That's something I wanted to come back to because um, I just talked about this on my own podcast uh, yesterday was, so if you like a certain type of content, guess what that app's going to feed you? 
same more shit. of the same stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just going to reinforce your beliefs. You're not going to get a, a real holistic view of, of the world or the content yeah. or, or whatever stuff you're looking at, right? I'm even seeing that with like cycling. Yeah. Right? If you yeah, like, yeah. Uh, let's say, gravel biking, all of a sudden your feed's only showing you gravel-related ads. Or if you go to the search area, yeah, it's showing you only like gravel-related bikes. I'm like, what the heck? It's that quick. It's all automatic. Good old machine learning, artificial intelligence. That's the part that you got to, that's where you have to take a step back. You have to look at both sides or three sides, four sides, whatever it is, because your view just gets reamplified with these engines. Why? Because the other thing that we're going to talk about is why are, why is it curated? These platforms are free while you're paying with your data, but other people are paying with ads targeting. And this is why. So now I can say, say, okay, Marcus likes hockey. Uh, doesn't like Instagram, uh, likes podcasts, uh, lives in British Columbia. So I can target you on those four things. And underneath that, what are typically British Columbians into, right? Yeah. Uh, what do people have podcasts typically have for equipment or, you know, the list goes on. So then you're going, well, okay, now you're getting, you know, ads for mics, ads for podcast apps, or you're getting stuff from, uh, you know, parks in BC or whatever, Right. That's the, the engine behind this whole thing, why everything is free online on these social media platforms. Ad targeting, the data we're sharing, and it can be as simple as visiting a website. Don't it, forget, websites have what is called typically a Facebook, uh, uh, what do they call it? Oh, man. I just had the, it's pre, uh, not a token, a pixel. Oh, yeah, okay? that's right. Yeah, they the call Facebook it pixel. pixels. Yep. So this is a little piece of code that you put in your website. Now, as a marketer, yeah, it's, it's great. It's awesome because That's I get right. all the information about the traffic on my website, yep. like what browsers they're using, the location, uh, time spent on the website, uh, and then get now you get access to targeting them when you do ad, you know, ads on Facebook. It's an amazing, amazing machine. Scary. But that's what you sign up for. Mm-hmm. No one reads the privacy policies and no one reads the terms of service because they're written by a lawyer. Well, no any, disrespect, yeah. but oh no, lawyers right? are greasy. I mean, th- that's the part. So it's, it's not written where, hey, when you sign up, your data will be used here, here, and here. Mm-hmm. Simple English. Why don't you just write it like that? Right? And then your data will also be used to send you ads. That's pretty simple English. And your data will be sold to third parties so they could sell you more ads. And those third parties may sell to third parties and third parties, right? It's a cascading effect. I mean, Facebook to me is one of the main reasons why I got off that platform is for the, you know, their data privacy or lack thereof mm-hmm. and how they were pretty much lying about what they're, you know, they were not not doing. Oh, yeah, we didn't know about that. Come on, man. Well, when the, the Cambridge Analytica story broke in, in the States, um, as much as, okay, you know, Russia was messing around. Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they did... and. Brilliantly. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you really look back and see how successful they were at influencing yeah. arguably the largest superpower in the world, the United States, yeah. and all they had to do was just get into those chats and, and targeted ads on, on Facebook. Because mm-hmm. the thing that people forget about Facebook, what makes them different, is that there's no word limit on what you can well po- I, I don't think are, there is right? know, if there is it's multi it's, thousand yeah, characters it's huge yeah, it's not like twitter or something like that but right? twitter is like what 300 280 it used to be 140 it's 280 yeah. now yeah which is not much no and, and instagram and, is also limited you can go long on instagram but it only shows you like the first what three lines that's right which is fine tap. yeah but you you get into the well echo chambers 
I mean, that's a term, as far as I know, that really wasn't used three, four years. Well, I guess probably about five years ago, shortly before the elections, kind of when I started paying attention. Mm -hmm. Well, it's so critical, just in life in general, it's it's important to, to listen to people who think the same as you. That's important, but it's more important to listen to people who don't think the same as you yeah. because you get the benefit of, A, thinking about your perspective. Am mm-hmm. I, is what I'm thinking, is that the best way of looking at oh, it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And you can either reinforce your perspective by judging how someone disagrees or you can go, oh, actually, Never thought that's of that a really way. good idea. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to incorporate that as well. Yeah. So the the echo chamber is horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, it yeah. does not contribute to expanding your ideas. It does not contribute to... Keep the echo going, right? Yeah. yeah. It, it's just about maintaining your perspective and yeah. just digging in. For sure. And that's very dangerous, you know, especially when discourse is important. You, you have to have the ability to empathize and think differently but that's not a skill that you build on by just no. listening to the same garbage you have to expand no, your horizons and that's goes back to education and reading books and mm-hmm. all that and as much you don't have to as you said agree with the other side whatever side right um there's a reason why they are the way they are mm-hmm. if you can understand that reason at least you can respect me the word they are even if it's maybe not right right i mean from a common sense standpoint mm-hmm. I'm actually, it's funny you bring this one up because I'm actually reading uh, the book by Stephen Levy on Facebook. Oh, okay. It just came out I don't know, a couple months ago, whatever. And I'm in that, that right now, I just passed the political side where they, you know, they were in denial. Yeah. Internally. Oh, no, there's no way we can be that kind of influencer. Oh, yeah. Uh, six months later, they, they look at everything and realize, oh, crap. Yeah, we did. <laughs> yeah, whoops. <laughs> um, and now I'm in the, um, which is kind of funny timing because it just, just came out like today, uh, all of the, the uh, content moderators. Okay. The people that had to go through all the face, Facebook posts, the inappropriate content, uh, you know, the misinformation content, all that stuff. So the inappropriate content is like live streaming a murder, right? right? Like those kinds of things. Those poor people, more or less sweatshop kind of bucket. These people are moderators, right? Mm-hmm. So they were the ones flagging the content and teaching the machine arguably to, okay, next time when you see this, flag it, right? Before it even gets out. Mm-hmm. Um, huge challenge. And again, I don't think Facebook or any platform that becomes that big, you can really prepare for that. That's a byproduct of becoming so popular. Yeah. Assuming your platform will be used for good. Which Unintended in, in, consequences. And then if there is a bit of defense for Facebook, you know, I, I do believe the original, you know, even though it was called what, Face Smash at first? Yeah, something like that. Right? Yeah. The original concept behind it. You know, there was a form of good stuff there. Mm-hmm. Whereas today it's about connect, you know, Zuckerberg's always said, I want to connect people. I want to connect the world. That's fine. But connecting also means there'll be some bad connections in there. And this is some of the stuff that you have to take with the good and the bad. Like the curated content or what have you, reinforcing your, your view. So it's interesting now because I'm going through that exact part where the moderator story that they denied. Oh, no, there's no way. And now they had to pay like $52 million yeah. in damages. <laughs> right? Yeah. Whoops. So that's where like to me, the, you know, where a, a business or some or government or whatever gets so big that they want to keep that machine going. They'll do it at the cost of people. And unfortunately, there's a lot of that going on right now. But that's another example, like back to, you know, our data on social and not just Facebook, but Facebook's been the biggest one because they're the biggest one, right? They own WhatsApp. They own Instagram. Mm-hmm. They own a bunch of other stuff we probably don't even know. Uh, Oculus, right? The virtual stuff. All that data is being put into a big, big bin and just blended together, mm-hmm. right? You know, if you're on Instagram, you're on WhatsApp, and you're on 
even on partially on Facebook, they, they know tons about you. They can target you. They know everything they about you. Yeah. What, one of the weirdest things, which recent, like the last, I think it was about three weeks ago, um, I was talking to my roommate. Um, so he's in Hungary right now. And so we were just chatting. And he goes, buddy, I got to tell you something. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. And he's like, so on Facebook, with the, uh, if you scroll down a certain way, yeah. you can see uh, suggested friends. Yes, yeah, so kind of like a banner goes across, right? That's right. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, now, as far as I knew, it would only show people who you have mutual friends with, mm-hmm. right? That's the algorithm kicking yep. in, right? Yep. Um, so that's my no- That's basically the extent of my knowledge on that. And how most people think of how it works. Yeah. <laughs> and so my buddy goes, are you friends with X? And I'm like... And I'm not going to say you know, yeah, the yeah. name, but it's yeah. definitely not someone I'm friends with. Okay. And he goes, so he's in, so he is in Hungary right now. Yeah, right? the world, yeah. And he goes, takes a screenshot, sends it. And I'm like, what the hell? It's an ex of oh, wow. mine. Okay. Yeah. From a long time ago. Yeah. Like yeah. not recent, a long time ago. Yeah. No mutual friends. Yeah. I don't have her as a friend. Not yeah. blocked. Right. But I don't have her as a friend, and I'm the only one that he knows from Vancouver. Wow. And on his suggested is the friend popping up. Yeah. No mutual friends. Yeah. But it's her. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, holy. So I'm like, what are they? Are they listening on the microphone when we have a discussion? No, they're, and, they're, and they're not. So that's it's a, that's crazy. So people know? think that was a big thing yeah. last year and that before. Was, we were joking, right? yeah, right? but it was oh, like, was wow, you know. Oh, I was, you know, location tracking. I think is used for some stuff for the yeah. app. I'll tell you why that happens. Okay. Okay. So this goes into the techie side of things. So this X person, okay, may have her contact information on somebody you know. Right. Okay. We've all done this. The first time we've installed Facebook, we uploaded our contacts. We gave it access to our contacts, permission, right? So app permissions to contacts, to location, to uh, calls, to your image, your photos, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. With contacts, what it does, and this is every platform, Twitter, LinkedIn, whatever. And what they say is, well, it'll make it easier for you to find your friends if they're already on the platform. Mm -hmm. What really happens is the phone number you have for them, their email, their address, their whatever, pretty much V card, right? Yep gets uploaded to that server and then the machine starts to blend all that beautiful information so that suggested friend is based on that so give you a perfect example you're not on facebook but you already have a ghost profile yeah so when you log in you already have suggested friends to go and like Mm -hmm. so your onboarding is already kind of wow this is cool now we go this is creepy yeah yeah, yeah. five years ago it was this is cool (laughs) right so that's why the suggested friend is funny because this I already knew this, but it was well explained in the book I'm reading. That's how it works. So it may not be you, it may not be some, but somebody has your ex's contact information and your info, and that's on the servers. Yeah. And for whatever reason, that person's in common, it it finds a way to mash that together. Now, it makes mistakes, but it's pretty darn accurate and pretty darn creepy. So that's where that suggested friends thing can be... uh, you know, kind of like, how did they know that? Yeah. How does that even happen? Right. Yeah. And there's been people that say, well, you know, I, um, you know, I was talking about guns last night and I got gun ads on my thing, but yeah. it's not just that. If you, so if you're putting 
you're using like Siri or Google Assistant or, or Amazon Alexa or whatever. Oh, yeah. Well, you, 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 some people don't know, but your voice is actually uploaded to their server. 100%. It's processed there. Mm -hmm. And most cases, it's not deleted. But it's also tied to your profile. It might be a Google account or your uh, iCloud account, whatever. Well, as much as Apple wants to say, we, we love privacy and privacy is a right. Yeah, and they're all full that's, of shit. It's, they're full <laughs> of shit, right? And I got personal experience on that. It could be another two hours just for that. But the catch is they're also doing ad targeting. So all that content you're putting into that phone is fair game. Read the terms, baby. You'll find that it's in there, right? Uh, as much as they say on, on the surface, oh, we're, we, you know, privacy is a right and we care about your privacy and all that. They do to a certain degree. What they care about is they don't want privacy leakage. They don't want to breach. That's what they really care about, right? Mm -hmm. In terms of, well, you know, your data. Well, your data is my data now, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I actually did an experiment, totally s separate but related. I'm on a, I'm on an Android phone. Been on them for a few years. Used to be iPhone. Switch over from my business. Just more flexible. And I use Google Photos. Pretty good service, actually. Like you know, compared to the iCloud one, though, I think it's gone better now on the iPhone. But the Google one's pretty amazing. So I wanted to do a full download of all my photos on there as a backup. Because at home, I still have a Mac. I like to have all my photos on one central repository yeah. on my hard drive, right? Not in somebody else's cloud. Mm -hmm. So I download this thing. It's like multi-gigs. I've taken the photos, videos of the last few years. But then all these folders are all kind of like, a bunch of them are empty with a date on them. But then inside, there's a text file. And this text file is uh, what is called a JSON file. J-S-O-N. It's like, a, like code contains information in it. Well, inside, there were still file names, that were, the files that were in there, with the location information of those files. So what do I do? Is I copy the location, and I put that into Google Maps. Google Maps allows you to copy, like, a latitude, longitude, mm -hmm. right into the, the, the search, and it'll give you exactly. So I knew the photo I had there, which was no longer in my profile, but it was taking that location information, so it knew I had been there. So even though I deleted the photo from my Google Photos, emptied the bin, recycle bin, it still kept that location information in my profile. Creepy. Now, as much <laughs> as they say your data is your data and you can delete it, that's the part that what is being retained after the fact, right? Uh, that continues to you know, track us. I mean, the, the cookie crumbs we've left behind, I mean, it's endless. We don't even know. And then never mind that. That's one source. That's at Google. Who else have they sold that to, right? Yep. It's the same thing as with the Facebook stuff. Your data, where is it? It's everywhere. Once you're on there, and most people accept it. It is what it mm -hmm. is, right? But when you start understanding this onion, multi-layered uh, that it is, you start wondering, like, is this worth it, right? The personal connections, right? You talk about day-to-day -day privacy and all that and communicating in groups. And for me, I'm actually reconnecting with people. Like the video chats that I was saying, I'm chatting more random phone calls. Social media to me is good, but it also has a lot of bad to it. Mm -hmm. And some things are just not not improving anything, right? They're not you know, improving my social connection with people. It's called social media, but it's very much the opposite. Right? Yeah. Especially when you get to the mental side of endless scrolling. Uh, we talked about kids earlier around measuring themselves, uh, the expectation of what you should look like, uh, comments, good and bad, um, you know, being stuck in a little, you know, back into the cavern, you got into the cave and you just sit there by yourself endlessly scrolling through stuff, uh, kids getting caught into content. I mean, it's, it's a big, big black box of content that can get pretty lonely. Actually, oh yeah, for sure. Right. Uh, so where the part of social media to me is like, eh, it's missing something. Well, and it's funny that you brought up the location stuff. <clears throat> There's a, a friend of ours who's a lawyer, and I think it was last year he uh, went to the, he visited the Supreme Court of the States, mm. and he sat in on a case. 
And the case concern, I don't remember all the details, but the case concerned, I believe it was, uh, he was a closeted uh, gay man. And through a series of events, essentially, he was outed because somebody hacked his phone. Hmm. And on his phone, he would frequent a part I don't know if it was a bar or a park. It was a particular area which was frequented by homosexual I think I people. I remember that story, yeah. And okay. so the issue became for the I don't and I actually don't know what they decided. No. Um, but the the case was that okay, so this guy on and didn't publicize it to anyone. He yeah. simply had his phone with him. Which tracks location all the time. And yeah. maybe he took photos. I'm not sure if he did, okay. which then certainly location you're geotagged yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then he was outed because somebody got into his phone and released that information. And yeah. so this guy, you know, I mean, being outed is not very nice. Well, you know? certain subjects you may not be ready to, to share yet. Exactly. Right? That being it, one of them, right? It should I mean, be that's... done on your own time, not because yeah. someone bloody hacked your own, yeah. you, you hacked your phone. And so that was, and I never thought about that until it happened, uh, until until our friend told us about that. I'm yeah. like, so it just goes to show the importance, well, <laughs> the the we like to think that we're private. We like to think that we can do what we want on mm -hmm. our own time. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, I mean, and even if you watch Dateline, you know, <laughs> how, I remember there was one case where they, uh, a kidnapped victim, which is on the good side of using the geotag, yeah, yeah, yeah. they took a photo for proof of life, mm -hmm. sent it. Yeah. Well, the cops were able to track the, the girl where they were hiding her to within six feet wow, of where the photo was taken. Yeah. So it was taken outside some warehouse and she was amazing. inside with the, with the kidnapper yeah. and they found her just like that. Instant. So, like anything, oh, right? Yeah. There's the good, and then yeah. there's the bad. I mean, I'm very concerned, especially going into law, the losing our privacy. Mm -hmm. That's very, very concerning yeah. uh, to me. Um, but it just goes to show, like, holy shit. You know, people don't think of that, you know? And, you, yeah. and now you might think twice. Well, that's like if you want to get away with a murder, don't bring your phone with you. The last thing you want to bring. Exactly, because they'll, they'll bring ping, other tools. <laughs> they'll ping you off the the satellite towers. I mean, the, that's all they do. Well, and that's one thing that um, you know. I think I have to jump to a quick break because I gotta. I'm seeing yellow right now, but I'll finish. <laughs> I'll finish this point. Uh, nicest way I could say it. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about you know Android, iOS, mobile devices that ask for app permissions, the mm -hmm. consent, which we'll talk about when we come back here in a sec, but the consent to say, hey, your this app needs your location. Mm -hmm. Well, they're getting smarter when now they're asking location only when the app is open. Yeah. Or always, right? And then mm -hmm. Apple's pushed very hard against any app always, right? Which of course. Which is fine. <laughs> Some cases should be fine, but you have to manually go turn that on. Then it reminds you every so often it's tracking you. What people don't understand, you brought pretty much up the point, is the apps doesn't matter. Your phone is being tracked via the cell towers, mm -hmm. right? So they can pinpoint the location of your device. Because remember, that connection to your LTE or your 5G or 4G connection yep. is always on, right? At night, your phone's charging in the, in the bathroom or your, by your nightstand. That cell tower knows where your phone is. Location services are always on. Even if you turn them off like in Android, that cellular connection is always tracking that information. So that's where, you know, you have to get grant or, you know, um, warrants and all that kind of stuff. But your local telco, if required, may 
may have to give that information, which is has nothing to do with the apps you have installed. Mm -hmm. It's truly that connection knows where you're at. It's like your Wi-Fi connection at home. There is a location part to your Wi-Fi based on your IP address. That's how it's kind of done, right? So based on your IP address on your cellular tower, they know you were in that cellular tower, so you must have been in this radius, right? And then they can probably pinpoint against other phones too. I'm sure there's some oh, other yeah. stuff that the contact tracing we talked about, you know, around this whole COVID stuff they're talking about, similar kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. That's a good spot to pause. So we'll just take a quick break. Good. So we're back from the break. And um, so we started uh, right before the break, we were getting into consent with technology. So yeah. based around location tracking, because yep. that's uh, what do we consent with when you open your phone out mm -hmm. of the box, the unboxing, open the phone and take the plastic off it, you know, you know, anyway, we won't get into an unboxing video here today, but, <laughs> Next um, time. but we could have had the video. <laughs> yeah. um, to me, it's the consent is a bigger conversation around the fact that everybody's got a portable, high quality camera in their pocket now. Right. I mm -hmm. mean, and as we've seen, there's some very good things that can happen. You can, you know, in a scene of a crime, there's the video. You can't argue with what you see. It's not like, well, he said, she said. That stuff is, is gone. The rub I have is around the fact that you have so-called vigilantes out there that are picking on people because their own beliefs or their own fears or their own whatever um, is impacted by what they see around them. So they have to document that. And then they have a couple of ways they may document that. They may take a picture, may take a video with them screaming, whatever, it doesn't matter. But then it's that next step. It's one thing to take a video or a picture of somebody, right? Mm -hmm. But then you have the potential share, uh, share opportunities or shareable options of social media, right? You have a video of you know, kids being kids that we didn't have to worry about back in the day. Now you have a video of that online. Well, those kids can be recognized now. Mm -hmm. And if those kids are saying they're late teens, about to graduate, well, that could impact them professionally or that could impact them into university, mm -hmm. right? Being in the admission side. Um, that's one thing that we forget about is, you know, social media and all the stuff the kids are, are sharing. Consent's one thing, but the, the shareable content is another. And if the content is not good, that could be a negative impact on the kids. Even if it's not them sharing it, somebody else sharing it, right? Um, and the good news, though, is that you can flip that around and, and improve that, but it could hurt you short term. And that sucks, right? Because you didn't, you didn't even have a choice or a say in the matter outside of what you were doing. But on the consent side, one thing I think is going to be a challenge over the summer is around this COVID thing, right? We're slowly, right? And some areas slowly get, you know, opening things up, relaxing the rules just a little bit. And some will push it a little bit more than others and some will still respect them, but they'll maybe get a little bit more social and, and all that stuff. And a recent example is, um, you know, my daughter is out in the parking lot with a few of her buddies, all girls. Uh, they're having takeout dinner in the parking lot in their own cars. Okay? And of course, some guy walks by. I'm not sure if he was picking up food at the same place, but sees this and doesn't like it. What does he do? He starts screaming at them about, you guys should be social distancing. You shouldn't be here. You should be staying home. Whatever, right? Big old rant, nasty language. Won't repeat it. And then starts taking video and photos of them sitting there. And as he's going to say to the bylaw officers and all that kind of stuff. That stuff worries me because now you, that's just extra pressure on top of that. As I talked about the bottled people, right? Mm -hmm. People are bottled up tight right now, right? It's like you put that um, Mentos inside a two liter uh, <laughs> yeah. Pepsi Cola can, right? That stuff's going to blow. Oh, and there's yeah. a lot of people right now that have been you know, fenced in, in their house, haven't gone out, gone nuts. 
And the mental mental side, I think we're going to see a real n nasty uh, negative side. But to me, back to consent, the challenge there is my daughter and her friends never consent to be videotaped. But we talked offline that consent's kind of a loose term because the person taking the video of the camera or the photo consented already because they were there. And that to me makes no sense in a case like this where it's like, come on, what is the purpose of what you're trying to do, man? Right. So I don't know. That to me rubs me the wrong way. It may not be right. It may not be. It may be wrong, but to me, it's wrong. Mm -hmm. right? I mean, come on. There's a line. I wouldn't do it. Right. So. Well, and, and the problem with the law, whether it's civil, criminal, whatever, um, it's very slow to catch up with society. <laughs> it's always been that way. Yes. I mean, we we even joked. Um, uh, like the rule of thumb, the, that expression, the rule mm -hmm. of thumb. Mm -hmm. Well. People don't know, but where that comes from, the actual that was an actual law. That was like the the slang for this particular law, where you could discipline, mm -hmm. otherwise beat your wife and kids with a switch that's no bigger than the the uh, circumference of your thumb. So the rule of thumb, if anyone wants to know, <laughs> oh, like, historically right? traces itself to that. To, the to size, that. So it's a size. So Okay. Yeah. And that wasn't that long ago where that law was uh, repealed. That 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 oh, was repealed. Really? It, it wasn't that long ago. Um, even well, in the UK, um, marital rape. Mm -hmm. Not to go too dark here, yeah. but but marital rape was technically legal uh, sixty years ago. Wow. It, where you you basically there was no law saying it was not possible. You're married, so you consented to everything that came. Your with consent's marriage. automatic. Wow. So they so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it just goes to show the the law is always very slow to catch up with changing society and for with sure. technology with revenge well, porn, which yeah. we kind of were talking a little yeah. bit about earlier. Yeah, for sure. If you send a photo or video or a sex tape, or you make a sex tape yep. with your, your partner, you break up, and your partner posts that on a revenge porn platform. And those do exist. And they do. Mm -hmm. um, sucks to be you, because there's no legal ground for you to get rid of that content. That yeah, content can stay there forever. And then never mind the other versions of clips of that video. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the other thing that you forget about is, uh, Facebook's perfect example of that is you have had revenge, nasty stuff put on yep. like porn, what have you. And then what they have to moderate is not just that that initial clip, but it's the other versions of that clip. Mm -hmm. People make edits of it, chop it up, put smaller versions, longer versions, right? I mean, that's endless. So that that is a tough one. And again, it's, it's the society we live in, right? It's a tough one. And, and revenge porn is, unfortunately, you know, you could always say, you know, what, what would you do differently now versus before? Hindsight, right? Well, I wouldn't have done that. But then sometimes you may not even know. Well, and that's just it, right? And even with uh, face swap technology now, oh, you that can, app last summer, you can superimpose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you can superimpose uh, celeb. So let's just say you're a celebrity. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And there's a sex tape of you, which isn't you, but your face. Your face was on there looks super real, and it it's looks hard to tell. It's not you. It looks yeah. pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Like it actually looks pretty authentic. And it's very new technology. I know. So then imagine the platforms, you know, that have to have to, and that's, and I actually was on, um, uh, recently I chatted to a local company that does um, uh, kind of a, I guess a social media for the kids. Mm. And they are called Kids World. So I'll put them on as, as a name here, but they've been at it for a long time, but their platform evolved before, they were before Facebook. 
So wow. they've evolved, you know, for be content for the kids, games for the kids, little video clips, whatever. Maybe they've evolved now where, you know, they have a, a chat platform and all that stuff. But the moderation was all hands-on before. Now they're evolving to have more machine learning AI. And they were talking about that. Uh, I was talking to one of the, the VPs. He's like, now it's all like this fancy technology. But now we have to not just look at text. We have to look at videos, analyze videos. Are they safe? Are they saying nasty stuff? Are they mm -hmm. showing nasty things? Uh, images are a little easier because there is one still thing. But he was explaining to me the video process is heavy. Oh, yeah. So what happens is the video gets uploaded to their servers. And on the server, it gets chopped up into every single frame, which is an image, right? Mm -hmm. And every single frame needs to be analyzed and they have to find out if there's anything that's nasty in there. And then if it's not, then it gets through. But right now, they're doing that after. So a lot of platforms will allow the video to stay on there for a bit, like Facebook. Mm -hmm. And they'll analyze it and then it may get taken down because they found some nasty stuff maybe a half hour later, two hours later, whatever. That's that delay that still exists today across any platform because the technology, as you said, it's not caught up to that yet, right? The, the consumer is, the behavior has created this new problem or challenge. Now we got to build a technology for it. And video is a challenge, especially now we're dealing with like super high resolution and all that kind of stuff. So that's a massive, massive piece related to, you know, revenge porn, uh, nudity, pornography, whatever. Uh, video is, I think, the next thing that's going to be a big challenge. And I think there'll be some cool advancements in the next couple of years around, you know, better gating that stuff. Like, um, I think YouTube now, when you upload a video, they actually ask you if it's a child-focused or not. Oh, so okay. then they'll, they'll show if there's ads or not on that channel. Like, sure. for that video, they won't pop up ads, right? I, mean, I saw this on my own channel. Uh, I guess they started this earlier this year, actually. Oh, okay, so very uh, new. It's a new. It's a new thing. But they had to, right? Because the problem is you were on kid channels that were popping up ads unrelated to that channel. And, yeah. and then, of course, the big issue was a privacy thing, data mm -hmm. uh, gathering where, well, now kids are being targeted with ads. And, you know, anyway, that's another conversation. But then again, the kids didn't then consent to that. And they click on stuff, they get set on ads, and they get just sort of like a big old blender, right? Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. But the catch there is they do do some detection of stuff. So they will also extract the audio out oh. of a video, okay? And they will do like a separate track, you know, uh, just like you do like a multi-track uh, video or whatever. And they will analyze the audio separately from the images, from the video. So then that way, if they find licensed music right, or anything like that, they will flag your video for, hey, it's got licensed music. Mm -hmm. So those are some of the things that, ha that are there today that do exist, that do work. But video itself, I still think, especially for detecting uh, inappropriate content, that's another big phase. I mean, that's really interesting, yeah. For, from a yeah, copyright infringement yeah intellectual property. and facebook said that too um but i know youtube was definitely i think one of the first ones to bring that out uh, because people were you know i mean people still do it uh, upload videos of music and that kind of stuff so i don't know how accurate it is especially if it's more underground music i mean i just know that my phone will tell me what song plays on the radio when it hears it so my right. phone's always listening so yeah. i know mine is <laughs> right but kind of a neat feature right so mm -hmm. well and it's funny too that the consent aspect of technology um we're not very good at understanding, I don't maybe understanding the importance or I, I think we tend to, particularly when you look at sex crimes, the consent aspect is highly contested. And I mean, in, at least in the UK, they're, they're, the way they describe consent is crap, hmm. but it's hard to fix because on the flip side, okay, if you want more protection, 
you want a higher standard when it comes to consent, you're yeah. going to get a lot more. You, when you go fishing with a big net, you're going to catch a lot of stuff that you weren't intending to catch. And that's yeah. the problem, especially with the criminal side, For is sure. that you don't want to then start incriminating people who were innocent and just got caught up in the net. Yeah, false positives or whatever you want to call them, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's problematic, right? Yeah, Because sure. you want to protect would-be victims, mm -hmm. but you don't want to be uh, incriminating innocent people yeah. as well. And so when you look at um, with your daughter yeah. going, going going out to a, a park, she's a in a parking lot. lot. Yeah. Yeah. Open air, you know, like fairly distance in each, each other's cars. And, and some some creep shows up. And I'm sorry, you're a creep. <laughs> well, we talk, you know? the, the reality is, you know, flip it, flip it around. If it was uh, five dudes in a parking lot. Yeah, you would have probably got the shit kicked out of you. <laughs> well, if he went ahead and did what he did. But yeah, I probably. bet you, dollars to donuts, he would not have done that. 100%. There'd be no video. There'd be mm -hmm. no photo. If there was a photo, be a little far away zoomed in. You can see mm -hmm. shit anyway. Mm -hmm. Be all grainy. So that's the part to me that does bug me as a father of a daughter and a son is that there is a difference between the social aspect of what they're going to go through that being one of them uh with a girl a woman a young woman you may be targeted differently uh with a man a young man you'll be different as well um maybe more physical more verbal if it was a girl maybe more mental more verbal whatever right but yeah i know that pissed me off actually to, to, to hear, hear that she's yelling at my wife over the phone this just happened we're calling the cops whatever and luckily we have a couple of friends that are local police uh, uh, man and woman so Right away, make a few calls like, yeah, that's not cool, but, you know, it's all good, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's going to happen. That's my worry about now, as I said, is, you know, when people are bottled up and haven't had a chance to release, you're going to have some of these situations like this. And this is one of them because it's, it's kind of timely because it's when we're starting to open things up, the weather's starting to be better. People do want to go outside. We are social animals. We need to get out. Video chat only goes so far, right? So... I expect more. I actually expect news stories about this. I thought about going to the local news about it. I'm like, nah. You know, like, we talked about it. Water underneath the bridge. Just be cool about it. Like, be mm -hmm. safer. Maybe don't... Maybe go to a park next time. Or go to an area where it's a little bit quieter and not as much traffic. But it could happen anywhere. I mean, it's a challenge. Right? Well, yeah. And that's just it. You know, and you use the term vigilante. Yeah, I used that earlier, yeah. I, I would <laughs> use the term dickhead because I, I feel like that's a little bit more accurate because, yeah. like... It's it's just a, it's a, well, are you familiar with um, Sebastian Maniscalco, the comedian? No, I don't know him. No. Okay. He's very good. If okay. anyone hasn't seen him, check him out. He's excellent. And he has a very funny bit where he's talking about people 10 years ago would just be the crazy person in the basement. Yeah. But now they're the crazy person in the basement on the computer talking to other crazy people just like them. Yeah. So the, the, <laughs> the ability to connect with and and the the dangerous side is if yeah. you you know the dark web right now there's a there's a platform for all this you know terrible shit yes to yeah. go down yeah. and and even with someone you know it's just such i i i well i don't know i guess i'm normal so i guess i don't understand that type of mm -hmm. uh, of mentality but for that guy to think that yelling at a bunch of girls doing nothing wrong yeah. is acceptable and then to go ahead and, and film and take pictures or do whatever just the ability to do that you don't have to think about it your phone's on you you pull that phone out there. boom next yeah. thing you know within two seconds you're it's recording you know so yeah. there's there's no um 
It's not like you got to wind the phone up. Yeah, yeah, and in yeah. the meantime, as you're winding the phone up, you're, you're cooling thinking, down and going, well, maybe yeah, I should like, do this. Is yeah, this yeah. the best thing to be yeah. doing right now? It's like almost like a breathalyzer on, in, built in your car. Yeah. Right? Well, I've had a couple of extra beers, probably shouldn't drive. I'm going to see, oh no, your car's going, no buddy. I can smell you. Yeah, right? and that's like the your joke. phone's going the same thing. Hey, the phone feels you're kind of heated yeah. right now. Uh, your camera app is locked. <laughs> well, and that's just it. it I mean, ideally, every uh, ex girlfriend or ex boyfriend that you have on your phone, man, you should have to solve like math problems if you're gonna, t you know, you want to text them at three in the morning. Hey, you up? Yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. There should be some type of security yeah. in place. Well, that's where it goes back to what we talked earlier, which is. <laughs> At what point is the phone knowing too much about you, right? Like how it's creepy. It knows you. I mean, it may come to that. I mean, you got Elon Musk talking about neural nets and that kind of stuff where he's going to implant stuff in people's brains. And, you know, we're getting this extra, you know, machine part to our brain that's just going to give us all that extra input. Think of it like our phone, but in our brain is on demand, on tap. There's some good things about that. Think about dementia, Alzheimer's. You'll never lose your memory again. But then... What are you giving you, up? Everybody, Yeah. Because that little machine, whatever it is, that little chip, is going to be talking to somebody. Mm -hmm. We're sharing that data with somebody. Well, even Bill Gates, right, <laughs> talking about chipping people to track uh, track the virus or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I think that I I didn't I just saw the headline. I didn't look into it because I got mad. But there's a guy. I mean, <laughs> didn't want to look at it. <laughs> there, there's a guy that I think gets caught up, ends up being caught up in that left and right kind of conversation. Yes. Because, yes. I mean, Microsoft, you know, he did some bad stuff there and it's, it's entrepreneurs, business, I get it. Mm -hmm. But I, I honestly believe post-Microsoft, he has done a, a heck of a job when it comes to medicine and health and, and especially in Africa and all projects mm -hmm. out there, mm -hmm. trying to find a toilet that's, you know, recyclable and just works. I mean, he's not doing that to track data or be malicious. I'm sorry. If he did, he would lock it up, go live on his little island and see you later. <laughs> yeah. Or would have built another company that tracks data. You know yeah, what I mean? exactly. Yeah. So to me... That's a little bit of that, that fine balance you have to be careful with. Like we talked about the Facebook uh, privacy and all that stuff and other apps where they're doing malicious stuff. I still believe that those things happen not planned. You know what I mean? They didn't create that platform that we're going to make sure that this happens when we get there in 2017. No, these organically happened. The, the platform got bigger. Users got uh, more involved. More data was shared. And edge cases happen. This is normal. This is how it happens. It's just that when you're that big... It's way more amplified and people expect instant answers. I'm sorry, an elephant doesn't move fast, <laughs> right? Um, so I think back to Bill, I mean, I don't know. I think he's done a lot of good stuff. I don't know if it's a malicious thing. I think he's, he's throwing a lot of ideas at the board, right? And throw shit at the wall, see what stinks or stinks. Yeah. <laughs> stinks and St sticks. Stinks and sticks. That's right. Yeah. Well, Both, yeah. Right. So, I mean, and, and yeah, and that's the thing there's that, um, because like I said, I just saw the headline and I went, ah, I just got triggered. But that's and, the catch and, too. And, uh, is we talked about curated clipping, news right? earlier, right? Curated news. Yep. The headline. Mm -hmm. I mean. BuzzFeed is a, is a oh. quote unquote news organization that's just full of shit. It's just shit. It's everything, curated from the news feed, man. Yeah. Everything on there is garbage. Yeah. You know? But it's, just, it's, it's, just, it's sexy like scroll, headlines. Yeah. Well, sexy headlines. It's, you click on it. It's like clickbait, man. That's, mm -hmm. It's 100%. So to me, you know, you, you learn this when you're in the, in the game, but if you don't have that, um, you know, I don't, don't want to say anybody's not smart, but if you don't have the, the knowledge, the awareness that there are things online that are not going to be real, you know, my suggestion is if your gut is telling you this doesn't look right, feel right, Google it. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. Google's going to give you all sides yeah. or Bing it or Yahoo it. I don't care what search engine you want. Duck, duck, go for all I care. Right? <laughs> That's actually a search engine. It uh, doesn't track you if you're interested in oh, that. Oh, there you go. Yeah, duck, duck, go.com. But um, 
that's the part to me that blows my mind is people will look at their maybe a Facebook news feed or Twitter or whatever at face value or what their friends shared is at face value oh mm -hmm. my friend I trust him but your friend is also in the same boat they didn't do their own due diligence before they just you know shared that post without reading it they read the headline mm -hmm. a lot of people do that so it's just like a surface uh, scraping right you don't go deep into the story usually by the second third paragraph you go ah this is bullshit <laughs> the but headline was just it. to grab me right yeah so. Well, I say this all the time on the, on the podcast, question the premise, Hundred percent. question the premise, everything. I mean, I'm naturally very curious and very rebellious, hmm. which, uh, <laughs> poor parents. I think, yeah, I know, right. <laughs> I drive them nuts. And, yeah. and you know, with, um, with law, that's the thing that drives me nuts. You have to understand it, it's not just the law. There's sociological reasons. There's, um, social attitudes that led to that decision being made. Yeah. But try to understand how you got to the conclusion. People just want to, they just want to look at the conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's all the meat before that, the, the substance. Chapter one, right? The introduction, chapter one. Yeah, you, you have to take yeah. it all in. We talked about that earlier, about like posting stuff online. Mm -hmm. That's the outcome. Yeah. What, you know, cumulated to that. When you were endlessly scrolling through your news feed and go, oh, everybody's posting pictures of this today. Shit, I got a picture like that too. Let me post it. Mm -hmm. And it becomes... Maybe it's an ad, let's say it's a bad picture or whatever. It doesn't matter, right? Or it's get, it gets taken out of context, which can easily be done online. Oh, yeah. You know? mm -hmm. uh, and then before you know, you have a, a shitstorm in your, you know, DMs, as the kids call them, right? So, <laughs> as the kids call it, just age myself. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I still feel young at heart. It's all Sli that matters. Sliding into DMs. Oh, yeah, yeah, slide them yeah. in there. Just don't ping me later. That's an old school one. Yeah, there you go. Just say, don't ping me. Well, and actually, since we brought that up, um, has that been a... Because I've, I've talked to... One of the craziest things that I think is when girls in particular will make their Snapchat username public. I'm like, man, oh man, d d geez, you just you just want to be flooded with inappropriate material, you know? Yeah. yeah. So having a, a daughter and a son, mm -hmm. was that ever uh, something that you were concerned about with well, just having that content kind of coming in or... Well, luckily or unluckily, I had that, that kick app experience. Right. And that really got me in tune with anything after that. Okay, there um, you go. Right? I mean, that really kind of like, whoa, hold a pause. <laughs> this ain't cool. So I'd say like the Snapchat, you know, right off the bat, I knew what it was all about. <laughs> Ephemeral messages, stuff disappears. First thing I told the kids, it goes, Google Snapchat images in Google images. Oh, that's a good okay? move. That's a good move. And I go, oh, look at that, kids. <laughs> Whole bunch of Snapchat pictures in here. Those yeah. were not deleted. And never mind, that's just Google Images. You can go on other platform like, uh, platforms like Reddit or oh, yeah. Facebook, whatever. People are sharing screenshots all the time. They're like, yeah, but I know when someone takes a screenshot, it tells me. I go, yeah. What are you so going to do about it? That screenshot is already recorded Yeah. by the time you get that notification. So those are the kind of conversations I had about other platforms. Instagram, not much of an issue, but they've copied more and more of what Snapchat does. Mm. Um, but by that, by then, I, I consider Snapchat, uh, Instagram more like soft because it's yeah. it's it's not as you know maybe the co-founder uh, of Snapchat whatever his name is I forget his name now eh, young guy too actually I think he's like twenty seven twenty eight yeah. uh, done quite well Spiegel whatever his name is mm. um, like they came out as like you know I don't want people knowing my my you know pictures and stuff I've sent which is fine but the problem with that is. It creates this kind of potential, again, like both sides, right? Yeah. There's going to be some good about it. I like the concept. I don't want stuff staying in my whole long list of newsfeed forever. 
Fine, just delete it when it's sent, one and done. I like that. But then the one and done is also a bad thing. Well, I sent that nasty pic and it's gone. Well, not so much. Not so much, is it? We just talked about that privacy mm -hmm. of our day-to-day -day communications online. So to me, when my kids, I was, I was actually more worried about my son, to be honest. Okay. And I'll tell you why. Um, my daughter was always, you know, maybe daughters are always like this, but in my case, always more mature than her age. Mm -hmm. Like a few years. Like, you know, at 15, she, you know, she could hang out with 20, 21-year-olds and hold a conversation. That's pretty unique, right? Mm -hmm. Not that I want her to be doing that all the time, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, uh, she was playing rugby with, with women by then because she had the size. She was 5'9", five, 5'9 nine, five, nine you know, fairly tall for her age at that time and loved the sport. And, okay, go. But I'm like, hold on a second. You play with full-grown people here. Like, I would never have my 15-year-old boy play with 20, 25-year-old men. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's not going to end you know, so well. Back to the girl versus the, the boy kind of yeah. thing. But with my son, just, you know, I was like, dude, you're going to cause more crap than you will receive, <laughs> right? And I don't want you being caught up where you started something or shared something and it comes back to haunt you. Yeah. Because at that time, we're talking about the kid's future. Yep. And I already knew, and many parents don't know this, but you got to think this way. I already knew that what you post online is can be kept forever. It, you're leaving cookie crumbs every day that you do stuff online. Because keep in mind, it's not just what you have on your phone. It's on Instagram servers. It's on the WhatsApp server. It's on the Snapchat server. That information stays there. And all your friends connect to that same server that you're friends with and have access to that, to that thread or that chat or whatever. So you got to keep that in mind. If you put nasty stuff, expect nasty stuff out, right? So with my son, it was about hockey. It was about education and opportunities. You got to be careful around... And hockey is his sport, right? Mm -hmm. You got to be careful because... Coaches are looking at this stuff now, right? Uh, they're looking at the social media platforms of how kids are communicating. Um, how is the fabric of that child? Is it, you know, rippled? Is it smooth? Is it solid? What is it, right? Because social media is part of that fabric now for all of us, right? Especially kids growing up. It, they don't know any different. It's like most kids don't know what a CD is. You got streaming, man. What do you have all this like library of DVDs on the wall for? Don't need that. I have it on, on tap. So... For him, with the hockey, I said, what you post on your chats, gotta be careful. That'd be nasty language, photos, whatever. Boys are gonna be boys. I get it. Was there not that long ago, boy, mm -hmm. right? Like, son, <laughs> right? But you gotta worry about the next guy, right? Your teammates are not there forever. You're there for one year. One guy, you get a nasty oh, conversation. Yeah. He slides a little picture of you saying something about that, that thread. That goes back and haunts you. That's how kids are, especially boys can be nasty too. Oh, yeah. So... Those are the kind of things that the difference, I think I was more worried about my son. My daughter was more worried about stuff happening to her versus her doing something. Right. My son, it was more about, dude, you're going to do some stupid shit and you're going to want to do it sometimes. You're going to itch to do it, but sleep on it. So my thing was, you know, we talked about being heated not that long ago. Yeah. If you're heated about something, write it, don't send it, sleep on it. If you feel the same way in the morning, maybe edit a little bit of it, then send it. But never send it when you're heated. That was... One of the biggest things I told both kids is, you know, when it comes to social or any kind of communication in life, really, for business or whatever, sleep on it. Why did I give them that? Because I had a mentor that told me that when I was in my, in my early 20s. Because I, I used to be proud of sending a grenade in an email. <laughs> right? There you go. <laughs> right? Now you can send in a text message or a snap or whatever. That's what kids have to contend with, right? You know, sending grenades, man. Yeah. And you were proud of that. It's like, I pulled the pin on that one, right? Kaboom. Yeah, and, it's so. yeah, and, there, and there's that, yeah. Well, it's, it's that ability to, um, is this really worth fighting for? You know, is it really worth... Gonna, is it going to matter in a year, mm -hmm. five months, next, to dip tomorrow? Yeah. 
you're heated now doesn't matter and, and, and maybe what you're heated about is genuine but that's why reflect on it yeah that's the case reflect on it yeah because then there's probably a way to get what you want to say but in a more professional mm-hmm. and oh okay this kid's got his head on the shoulders yeah you're not gonna burn the bridge exactly and that's another actually beautiful line because for whatever reason that's how i've tried to be is to live life without burning bridges mm-hmm. there are times i will light it up because it's worth it that's i right. will never cr- need to cross that bridge ever again but i can count them on one hand yeah in my whole in life so far so uh that's kind of the the values and kind of you know the core values i guess i'm trying to build in my kids is you know some of them i have are good well at least put, pass that on so yeah to go back to the kids yeah, the daughter versus son, definitely a different uh, dynamic versus just all boys or all girls, right? Mm-hmm. So, But it's funny because uh, uh, True Detective uh, Season 1, did, did you, have you ever see that show? <laughs> I don't know. Very very worth watching if okay. anyone's into a good crime I don't show. watch a lot of TV, man. No, I'll be, I'll be frank. Yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, I miss my hockey right now, obviously. Yeah. I watch my sports. Uh, I'll watch occasional movies, but uh, I don't like reality TV and all that kind of stuff. Ah, it's just noise for me. I'd rather be reading or working. Yeah, exactly. Or riding my bike, man. Yeah, Seriously. no, fair yeah. enough. But there was a, a very interesting line, and it's um, Woody Harrelson is talking with his wife, and he's got two young daughters. They're okay. like, ooh, young, six-ish. Okay. And what the the older one uh, was drawing pictures that were um, depicting sexual acts. And, oh, really? And she got in trouble because she was drawing them at school. And they come home, and then Woody Harrelson's talking about it with his wife, and um, and he's and he says to his wife like, "How do they even know about this stuff?" Mm-hmm. And his wife just kind of looks at him. She goes, "Cause they have to, cause women have to. They have to know that stuff." That's Interesting. That, like that's a very, you know, I'm I'm a guy and I have brothers, yeah. So I don't have. I you have grow, a sister yeah, where you have to maybe work. Yeah. Where you would kind of yeah. think about it differently. Yeah, mom, right? I mean, that's yeah. your, your only other option, and, mm-hmm. at least in the household, right? Yeah, yeah. And, and it kind of made me think, and I went, man, how true is that, though? And, and when you look at it through the lens of the technology issues yeah, where sure. with, with your son, you're more worried about him sending stupid shit, which because for I know me, boys, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for me, I'm like, thing, yeah. oh, yeah, that's definitely the problem. The problem wouldn't yeah. be with me getting stuff. It would be uh, me sending yeah, stupid yeah, shit, yeah. whether it's a, a heated text or w- which I've done and, yeah. and it well, we've bit all me done in the that, ass. Right? Of yeah, course, of course. you know, and that's just that's just the way it goes. But yeah. it just goes to show the you have to really stress the importance of uh, putting yourself in someone else's shoes, like even that guy who 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 took the video of of your daughter. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. sure if you had a conversation with that guy and went, if he, if you know an average reasonable person, and mm-hmm. you went, put how would you feel if you were on the other side of that camera? Yeah. Do you really think you'd feel very comfortable? Do you think you'd feel safe? Yeah. Chances are, if you're a half decent person, you'd say, "Ah, oh, good point." But my gut says people in those situations don't have that emotional intelligence to figure that out. And that's just it. You don't, they and, just don't think that way. And the ability to just boom, instantly do something. Yeah. You know, it, it's, there's a form of entitlement. I'm surprised we haven't brought up that term in this yeah. conversation so far. Yeah, right? yeah. We talk about consent, but there's a big time entitlement in this generation right now. Mm-hmm. It's a na- the enablers technology because it's so easy. To, to do stuff, to share stuff, to act on stuff. But, you know, like the lack of respect of other people's, like being in other people's shoes, the lack of respect of your feelings and how you're going to feel if this happened, but I, because I did it. That to me is, is a generational thing. Like yeah. oh, parents yeah. got to be involved. Teachers got to be involved because we can't have this continuing trending downwards, right? 
because it's not going to be a good thing and for the next generation right? mm-hmm. uh, if it continues that way that's a big one is the, the entitlement and then the entitlement comes from I think it comes from how the perceived right term perceived how it seems to be easy to be famous on platforms be to look good on platforms well you can be famous on well, platforms and, and, for being and, not famous that's the, you don't have a yeah. skill you don't have you're so not a like influencers is an example yeah. to me blows my mind i think the influencers are going to die in the next few years let's hope it's, well <laughs> not it's literally starting but let's, no, yeah, I don't mean let's in terms of, yeah. it dies as a thing that we look up to yeah because these people i'm sorry are not that interesting no absolutely I'm sorry, not right absolutely I mean, not i mean these kinds of conversation to me are way more useful for people people will learn something from these kinds of exactly. conversations they're not going to learn something from a guy who's unboxing the latest iphone <laughs> Right? Yes, you got beautiful long fingers and you're super nice. <laughs> Come on, man. You're a hand actor, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe go do some commercials for companies. But the problem is those platforms enabled him or her, it doesn't matter, um, to become something. Mm-hmm. Those algorithms put that content up front, ad networks got involved, money, money, money. That person gets paid, gets popular. It's this huge thing. And I don't want to hate on the action because I think it's great that people have a way to express themselves because in some cases those people that are doing those videos are probably very much introverts they're yeah. probably in the cave mm-hmm. they don't very socialize well but this is their way to socialize it's their way to express themselves all for you empowered but the negative side mm-hmm. right kids look up to you and then because they look up to you then you, you got to be careful with that influencer tag right the little blue check bo- check mark beside your name and we talked about this earlier with professional athletes or, mm-hmm. or, or, or um, you know actors whatever when you do something bad on that platform, under your brand, because that's what you are, mm-hmm. the ramifications, ripple effects could be massive. Oh, To the point huge. where you lose, your career is done, right? Um, you never come back from that because of one tweet or one post or whatever. One like sometimes, right? Why'd you retweet that, right? So that to me is, yeah, it's interesting times for our kids, but also us as adults in terms of you know our actions and the entitlement that's built around the lack of consent in some cases. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm taking a video. I don't care. It's my phone. Right? See yeah. how that comes out? doesn't come out. You're entitled. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Right? You got to listen to that. My favorite, uh, one of my favorite memes that I've been seeing recently is uh, it's a guy talking to his girl and she's like, oh, I'm an influencer on Instagram. And he goes, yeah, I'm a quarterback on Madden 20. <laughs> it's like, we're the same, you know? You're not shit. Yeah. You're, just, you're, yeah. You're, uh, it's make believe. It's fairy dust. It's not. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not real. It's not real. But because it's on a platform, it makes it real. Well, number of likes make it real, and maybe you know some of the ad revenue they're getting makes it real. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing is, this is only really have has become a business in the last five years. Yeah. And now you got even like esports as an example. Yeah. Talk about Madden, that, right? That's on the rise like now too. The esports, e-sports to me is like, you know, again, I'll just say it because that dates me from a standpoint of. Who the hell wants to watch somebody else play video games? Oh, when I was watching so someone brutal. else play video games, I'm like, hurry up and die so I can pl- jump in yeah, and play exactly. my turn, right? <laughs> right? I put my quarter in the arcade yeah. or, or take the Xbox remote off the guy's hands, my turn. Whereas now people are like, oh, I'm going to watch you. Well, one, the games have looks look so realistic now. Mm-hmm. So you are arguably almost looking like a real, a real thing. It's entertaining for some, for sure, because it's so real. But it blows my mind that it started off with the YouTube videos of watching. And it's still happening. My son watches that stuff a lot. Uh, some of it's for tips and all that, but some of it's just like endless scrolling crap, right? But the fact that they pack arenas, it's an actual league. And even recently, the NBA had some of their players 
participate in a short tournament. Yep. Esports, NBA, 2K, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had Gretzky in the NHL, and, or retired now, and Ovechkin play head-to-head. Yeah. I think Gretzky won, right? I think so. I'm not sure. I think he had help. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for, for sure. sure right? He's way too old to be, yeah, yeah, be yeah. able to do. So, so but, <laughs> but there is an element I, I think is cool, but to me, it doesn't replace, you know, the real sport, right? Mm-hmm. And that's where people that make believe stuff, but I don't know. Well, and it's um, funny because I, I very recently got into uh, Formula One. And uh, well, I watched the Netflix documentary, and it was mm. I hooked you, pulled me right in. It's really interesting. I've never been into racing, but I'm like, oh, this Formula One stuff's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's you know, the season was supposed to start, and it's been delayed because yeah. of the the COVID. And uh, so my my roommate and I, b- before I came back from the UK, we were watching uh, one of the drivers play Formula One, but it's. He, he was in the setup where it's basically like a Formula One car, oh, but it's so a video game. Oh, it's chair and everything. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah, and I'm like, watch this. I'm like, oh my God, this is worse than death. This is awful to watch. Like, oh my God. I'm like... Get out of the way, let me in. Right? Yeah, like it doesn't replace the Formula <laughs> One driving, for God's sake, know, right? So it's quite funny. But, you know, but it just goes to show the ability to connect and uh yeah i mean esports like oh god it's well related to that esports yeah. i mean to me uh, being a cyclist a fairly avid uh, road cyclist there's this thing this platform called zwift okay it's a virtual trainer so it's pretty much a you have a special trainer that goes on usually on your rear wheel that you connect to and then you spin and it's a resistance and all that so you can get smart trainers that adapt to terrain so when you're connected to this platform called Zwift, it's like pretty much a game. It's like on your TV, virtual, right. you see yourself like as a virtual uh, avatar or whatever. And you see things like your speed and mm-hmm. your, your health, your cadence when you're spinning. And even the power, if you have a proper smart trader, how much you know watts you're doing. So you get a, a workout. Right. Well, this has become huge now with COVID. Everybody's inside. Mm-hmm. I haven't broken down yet. Oh, I there still you enjoy go. riding outside. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but same thing. How can you sit? And some guys are doing 100 kilometer rides. On a virtual trainer, man. That's Spinning, not moving there in front of your TV, sweating on the floor. Yeah. Looking at a TV for two, three hours. Wow. No, thanks. I've done what I call the uh, the pain cave sessions in my in my basement. One hour (laughs) I tap out, man. Yeah, well, because it's the the stimulus that you're getting. Like, I can't ride a... I mean, we're decent cyclists. I really enjoy it. We don't go too crazy. But stationary bike... Oh, I tap out after 15, 20 minutes. Yeah. I'm like, this is just, I, I'm just like, that's yeah. like running for me. I just can't like, I'll, yeah. I'll play soccer and, and run like crazy. Right. But there's something different. And then it's like, yeah, sitting in front of a, a TV and cycling. Like, yeah. In on. the winter, I get it. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you do, that makes uh, sense. I usually do these like uh, four week blocks. They call them. It's like November, December when the weather's really bad. Yeah. I want to at least maintain my, my fitness into the right. winter. So I don't get dropped on the group prize yeah. on weekends in the new year. <laughs> so I do that. Right. But. Beyond that, like by that month, that fourth week is done. I'm like, I'm itching to get out. Of course. I'm done sitting inside, right? And now, I mean, some people, they're kind of getting their enjoyment out of it. So mm-hmm. it's fine. I mean, it's competitive. It is what it is. Get group rides. Yeah. You win stuff. Um, sports. How are we doing for time? Yeah, we've been going about three minutes. Sorry, three, five already. Okay. So. You usually aim for two hours, right? Yeah. Okay. So uh, just to end it, yeah. uh, thank you very much for being here. Hey, it's a pleasure. Um. Tell us a little, you, you got into it a little bit, but mm-hmm. to close it out, uh, tell us a little bit more about your app and, and your project okay. that you're working on so people can find you and Excellent. and take a look at what you're doing. Yeah. So today we, um, my, my app is available on both iOS or the app store and Android. Um, sadly, 
Apple has made it very anti-competitive for us to do what we do on Android on the iOS platform. That's another conversation. But you mentioned earlier about the uh, anti, you know, the U.S. or the laws are slow to move. Um, that's part of it, the antitrust, anti-competitive stuff. Um, but the cool thing is we provide um, parental controls uh, with app limits, uh, screen time limits, location tracking, safe browsing. Uh, we even uh, monitor the YouTube history. So parents keep oh, okay. an eye on YouTube. That's one of the platform we, we picked. There are other tools that do other platforms, but we found that nice balance um, yeah. that works well. Um, yeah, the app is available if you want more information on useboomerang.com. That's my website. Get all the information on there. Um, yeah, it's uh, a project that keeps going, doing well right now. Uh, my role pretty much is kind of product management slash marketing slash co-founder slash support slash all of the above. Do it all. Do it all. Yeah. Wear many, many hats, but that's the fun part. We've kept our business lean. Uh, we got users across the world, um, heavy in North America, obviously, you know, English speaking uh, markets. But um, yeah, it's an app we've seen. We've got users that contact us even recently saying they've relaxed the uh, the limits now and all that. So um, that's the app. And then you can find me on Twitter, uh, JP underscore payer. So that P A Y E U R, like a taxpayer, yeah. <laughs> but with a U. Um, and usually, mostly speaking about online tips and opinions about that content, privacy. Um, consider myself a cyber security influencer out there. So do that. I also have my own podcast as well. So yep. as I mentioned a couple of times, so it's called Bench Banter, available on all of the um, popular platforms. Um, kind of focus more on, you know, parent kind of demographic to get information about social media tips, literacy, uh, gaming, all that stuff, tips for managing your devices. But I'm bringing up some new guests as well. I'll be a little bit different than that. So that's interesting stuff. And then we talked about safe browsing. Yeah. So we have a safe browser as well that's available as well on iOS and Android. Uh, we created as well an extension for the Chrome browser and Firefox browsers on desktops. So people want actual um, uh, filtering on those, they can get them as well. So yeah, so kind of parental controls and safe browsing. That's what we do. Good. So. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely uh, the, the app limit thing. Not the safe browsing. Yeah. Nope. Keeping that turned off. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, again, right? It's one of those things where... I didn't, I don't have that, I guess that trigger where I, you know, if I see something, I need more of it. Like, I, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to inappropriate content, like we get a lot of people that send us content, the websites, we you know our robots only go so far and nothing's perfect as, as we've seen with other platforms, but web filtering is the same thing. I kind of go, I kind of aim for an 80, 20 rule, 85, 15 rule, where if we can get 85% of the nasty stuff blocked instantly with our robots, then the 15, we are create, you know, curated from the community. We're good. We'll take care of the 15%, right? So for that, sometimes you have to test those websites and it's quickly in incognito mode mode, and uh, you're ready on the exit shortcut on the keyboard because it's, I've seen stuff I cannot unsee. <laughs> and that's the thing. Yeah. What, once, once the cat's out of the bag, it's out of the bag. Yeah, you know? I know. I mean, at least I can joke about it as an adult with my buddies and over a couple of beers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, you can see, see the stuff I was sent this week. But what I feel is I feel bad for the people that want to see more of that stuff, that they struggled with that content. It's mm-hmm. like... That's a that's a real mental challenge, right? Mental health challenge. So I'm glad that we can help with those because we have some. I guess our browser is approaching a million downloads, all organic. Um, you know, it's got I think a four and a, almost four and a half star rating out of five on the yeah, Google Play Store. Good. And it's a free browser. I mean, that's almost better than the Firefox and the Chrome's out there. Yeah, we should have multi-million downloads more. So keep chipping away, and we'll see what happens. Right? Mm-hmm. Great. And we'll throw the links up too for that stuff okay, on yeah. the uh, awesome. on the little podcast webpage Perfect. so people Sounds can good. check it out. And 
Yeah, thank you very much. I had a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, it, it flew by. I mean, it did, geez. man. I am spent, and I know why. We talked about a lot today, man. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, it was yeah. excellent. Thanks for inviting me. And obviously, thanks to Andrew for the connection. Yeah, yeah. He told me about the podcast at first. I'm like, hey, what does he want to talk about? He goes, hey, he talks about everything. Yeah. <laughs> I think at the time, you had uh, your first couple doctors on her. That That's right, I'm like, yeah. I can't compete with a doctor, man. Are you serious? I can't either. That's why yeah. they do the yeah, talking. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, well, I listened to a couple parts. I'm like, okay, I can do this. It's all yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. good. No, well, thanks, we'll, man. we'll probably have you back in the future too. I know there's um, there's there's so much that you can talk about with this stuff and yeah, there's other subjects, but this is also an evolving, very slippery mm-hmm. kind of slope uh, environment. You know, this technology we're in, things change very rapidly. Yeah, um, and unexpectedly, and, not not places yeah. that you think it'll go. It's not designed to do that, but it's being used for that. Okay, we gotta gotta adapt. That's why my business. The best way I describe it is, it's a constant game of iteration. You can't if if you stop iterating, you die. It's as simple as that. Your business is done, um, and that's you know that's what you sign up for when you become a mobile app developer. Mm-hmm. It's not like the old days of creating Microsoft Excel and that version last ten years, right? Yeah, it doesn't work that way anymore. Like Microsoft has changed themselves in an example, like to be more of a service. I mean, Windows XP and Windows yeah. Seven. Oh yeah. I mean, they're just you know Windows Seven. I think they stopped support for it. I mean, you can't do that in a mobile app environment. It's too fast. Every mm-hmm. year, there's a new phone. Every year, there's a new operating system. Every week, there's a new app update. Yeah, yeah. So then, right? I mean, that's the the frequency or the cadence that we have now. Mm-hmm. It's unbelievable. But anyway, that's yeah, subject for later, man. We keep talking. Well, adapt or die, right? As long as you keep yeah. adapting. Yeah, you have to. Yeah, one hundred percent. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for being here. Yeah, I had a great Marcus. time, awesome, and uh, yeah. yeah, that's a wrap.